With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The games are great. The system stinks. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But now it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's the big man, Lincoln Kennedy. I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, it is 6.01 a.m. on the East Coast. If you have not moved your clock yet, do so right now. Welcome, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. My guy! Lincoln Kennedy, I tell you what, I don't know why they continue to do this over and over again. They say three-time pro bowler, and certainly he is, and he has been, no doubt about that. But moreover, Lincoln Kennedy is in the College Football Hall of Fame, and I want to hear that as the intro for now on. In the year 2015, Lincoln Kennedy was nominated and included in the College Football Hall of Fame, and I'm proud to say he's a friend of mine. And here he is, my good friend, the one and only Lincoln Kennedy. Hello, Link. How are you? Good morning, Andy Furman. How are you? And thanks to your letters, uh, your handwritten letters no, to, no. The, to the writers and the voters for the Hall of Fame, I, I did get inducted. So thank you very much. It had nothing to do with me. Friend. It was all your play on the field. I, I, you know I know that. our name. You the title of our, I know the title of our show sounds like a law firm, Kennedy and Furman. But now we're here to have some fun and talk a little sports. So glad to be with you, partner. I love, love having you. I really do. Brian No, <laughs> by the way, who normally is in this seat, uh, is married now. He got married last what? night. So Yes, no. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> why? I say why. I try I say to talk why him too. out of it. Really. And he didn't listen, huh? No, no, no. Who cares? No. I wish he's probably well. happier at three a.m. or two a.m. or you know four a.m. or five a.m. wherever he's at uh, than sitting on the air with us here. So. Probably so. But March mm-hmm. Madness is here. This is the greatest part of the year. It really is for sports. The best month of the year for sports for many reasons. Okay, and it gives the little guy a chance. I mean, I know that you and I both love football. You played the game. You you've done it all. You're on the sidelines with the Raiders. It, it's amazing. But for some strange reason. 
I could watch six college basketball games in one day, but I get tired after one and a half football games. I don't understand the reason why, but that's the deal. That's what I do. I can't answer. Well, I don't, I don't, well, I don't it, get it. It's easy, partner. I mean, the games now matter. And, and, and it's the most unpredictable time of the year. Let's face it. Even the, the Blue Bloods sometimes get upset when it comes to conference tournament and automatic bids. You saw what happened in Nevada, who was streaming along until they ran in San Diego State into the WAC tournament and ended up losing. You know, Now Nevada's still going to get in a tournament, uh, the, the round of 68. But you know, San Diego State chipped last night you know, and put, punched their ticket to the dance. So it's a season of unpredictability or a time of unpredictability. And it's really hard to pick a favorite. And besides that, you get – you get equated with teams that you might not ordinarily see or watch mm. just for whatever reason, uh, mainstream, just not into it. And you get a little insight as you prepare for the tournament because everybody loves March Madness. Excellent. Excellent point. I tell you what, you brought up Nevada, but you talk about Nevada, you talk about St. Mary's, you talk about Middle Tennessee. These are the middle of the road teams, and these are the teams that were basically ranked nationally at least one time during the season, and they all lost in their conference tournament, so now they're on the proverbial bubble, or maybe they're even out of it. And I think that the system, look, we know the games are great, the one and out is tremendous, the three weeks of, of just nail-biting is great, but I, I think that there's something has to be done about meaningful conference tournaments and if you win the regular season. I mean, means nothing. It really and truly means nothing as far as the smaller conferences are concerned. I mean, Middle Tennessee, St. Mary's, and Nevada, great seasons. They're probably going to stay home or go to the NIT. Well, I, I still think Nevada gets in. My thing is this, is I, I appreciate college basketball because conference championships matter. Now, you know, however you see it, it, it the thing is the difference between that and college football is that you can have a conference champion, conference champion college football that might not be a part of the playoff. At yeah. least your conference champion here gets a part, gets a chance at the big prize. And that works for me. I don't have a problem with that. No matter big school, little school, in-between school, no matter what. If, you're con- if you win your conference tournament, if you win your conference, I believe you should have a chance to challenge for a na- national title, no matter what your record is. Well, well, it's funny because Ohio State won the Big Ten and they didn't go to the Big Four. They didn't go to the Final yeah, Four list. that's exactly so, right. And that, that's right. my point. And we already know that the football side of it, partner, needs to be expanded. Everyone right. said that. They're milking it for as much as they can, the football right. side of it. But college basketball appears to get it right now. The, I think where they sort of dropped the ball is that the regular season champion, the, the, the one ends, ends up the regular season champion, doesn't get as much prestige as a conference tourney. So, let me, you, you know, for example, in college basketball, if, if you, you're, you have a school that wins, wins its regular season uh, uh, championship in the regular season, then goes to the conference tourney and gets out, then the person, the team that beats them, gets an automatic bid. You know, some people might think that's fair, but I was like, you know what? If you're a regular season champion, you should be a conference champion as well in the tournament. You should find but, a way but to win. But it's tough. It, it's t- I'll give you an example. I have a perfect example because right near my home is Northern Kentucky University, a Division One school that plays in the Horizon League. They won the regular season title. They go to the conference tournament, the Horizon League tournament in Detroit. They lost to Cleveland State, which is a team that is 11 and 22. They lost to them in the tournament. They go home, no NCAA, and now since they won the regular season. I guess they're guaranteed an NIT bid, and I don't think it's fair. Maybe I'm too close to the situation because I root for them, I go to their games, but still in all, like you say, uh, if you win the regular season, you should win the conference tournament. It's tough. It's tough to win three games in three days. It really is. Well, I put more emphasis on the conference tournament than I do the regular season because now here's the thing. You've got a conference champion and, and from the tourney that's going to have an automatic bid, and they're not going to be in it very long. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, and, it's, and it no, one, it's no one's fault, wrong. but yeah, but it's no one's fault, but but their own. If a team loses to a, a sub 500 or a poor team, you you had a bad night. It, it happens. You you, right. you you know, champions battle through adversity. 
Champions find a way to win and become resilient. The champions, a true champion. If you if you lose to a sub five hundred team uh, in in your conference tournament or, or you're out, if you're a favorite and you're ousted in the first round, then you didn't come to play. No, you don't I agree one hundred percent. But if I'm the conference commissioner, if I'm the commissioner of the Horizon League, I say, yeah. wait a minute. I want my best representation to go to the NCAA. And right now, since Northern Kentucky University won the regular season and is not going and had the best record, I'm not going to have my best rep. I've got to have a team that maybe got lucky, got hot for two or three days in a row. But still, in all, on the national stage, I want the best possible product I can to represent my conference. But you know, you're absolutely right to a point because here's the thing: you said a team got hot in a couple of games. We've seen teams get hot in the tournament and make runs that right. weren't projected to be there. You know what I mean? And, and Kentucky, what does it do Kentucky's for pro- doing it right now. Yes, exactly right. What does it do for a program if they get mentioned or they find themselves in you know um, a, a sort of at-large or out-of-a-way team that you know, works its way into the 32 or the Sweet 16 or something like that? It's a tremendous run. And it's only a matter of games. They get hot. They find a way to win. Look at Alabama with Sexton was going through the tournament. You know what I'm saying? They right. find a way to win. And that's, and that's good for a team. That's good for, that's good for ratings and that's good for the, the sport. Okay, but why can't they have regular season champions in the also ran conferences, the mid American, the mid major conferences? Have them get the automatic bid, and also if you win the conference tournament, get the automatic bid. I understand it's a possibility that a team can win the regular season and the conference tournament. Then you have a pick. Then you have another at large team come in. But why can't that be an automatic deal? Win well, the regular season. I mean, they've already expanded to sixty-eight. I mean, that's too many teams. You think you sixty-eight know, is too many? I, I think sixty-eight. You're 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 pushing the envelope because yeah, right now you're now, really agree, sat, yeah. you're you're really saturating it. You really are. You're you're watering it down and you're forcing it down our throats. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of games. You know, to well, whittle down to the final yeah. four in the, in the national championship. I, I think they're the right amount right now. They had talked yeah. about going to like one twenty-four or something like that. No, yeah, see, that's that's, that's too many. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, there's no doubt. But right now, what you have, and I guess it, it, to, to defend what you're saying, you have almost three chances to go to the NCAA tournament. You got the preseason, which starts like in November and ends till right. like mid, early January. Then the conference starts. Then the conference goes, and then if you kind of falter in the conference, then you got the conference tournament. So if you have a losing record going into the conference tournament and you get hot for three or four days, you still have a shot. you got three shots to go to the NCAA tournament. So you well, know, no yeah. one should be crying about anything if you're a coach. That's exactly it. right. You have a chance. Even, even if you blow it during a regular season, say you you know have a rash of injuries or some, some something unfortunate overcomes your team and you, it takes time to build the cohesiveness in order for you to win, you've got another chance in a conference tournament. And I like that. I know there are people out there who don't think that sub-500 teams should be rewarded with a chance to go play in a tournament, but if they take care of business in their conference tournament and they win, then they took care of business at the right time. They got hot at the right time, and now they should be able to carry that momentum to something else. No doubt about it. I'm with you right there. I know you know what? They got hot. They deserve to go. I mean, that's the rules. You win the conference tournament, you go. Hey, Notre Dame, they played 15 games without Bonzi Colson this year. All right? That's right. So, so, so maybe they, the, the committee should maybe take that into consideration. You know, Notre Dame is one of those teams that perhaps is on the bubble, but we'll see. But then again, if you play without your star, there, there should be some sort of a thing to reward you with that to give you some sort of a crutch. I think Notre Dame should go. I really I, you know, do. I gotta, it's, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence with that one, partner, and we can talk about it more on the other side because I, I think there are times where the NC2A wants to show off star power, potentially with the stars that are in the game rather than being honest. And, and one of the ones that come clear to mind right now is Oklahoma. Oklahoma's oh, no not playing like a tournament team. Right. But yet they're sitting there, there are people projecting that they sit on the bubble. Why? Because they had some quality wins early in the season at home. Now they can't guard anybody. You watch the way they play, and they're not playing like a conference tournament team or a conference challenging team, uh, even worthy of the Big 12. And I think a lot of people are really high on the Big 12. 
versus a team like Nebraska who's overlooked because they don't have that definitive star power, but they play pretty pretty darn good in the Big Ten. Yeah, and I think the one thing that kind of was a salvage, a saving grace for Oklahoma was Trey Young, who led the country in scoring as an exciting player. And I guess they thought he would bring some uh, some eyes to the TV screen sure. for ratings. Yeah, I'm sure that's a big factor right there. So if, in fact, they do get the bid, which I don't think they deserve to. I really don't. I really don't. You know, they, they did nothing down the stretch. They were great early on. They faltered, and they had a great name player. And he didn't really do anything down the stretch. You know, that's exactly right. Yeah, they started double-teaming him. So as he went, so did the team. He went down the tubes, and so did the team. And that's why I say sometimes I think they pay way too much attention to the potential star power or the, the, the sna- a name, whether it be a guard or someone else. That they want, and they try to find a way to force that person or that name down your throat by finding a way to get them in. And probably a lot of times it's over other deserving, possibly deserving teams. I'm with you right there. I tell you what, I enjoy seeing the smaller schools because I never get a chance to see them on TV, although just about every team is on TV these days with CNBC or CBS Sports Network or, you know, you name the network, it's on, you can watch day or night. And yesterday was unbelievable. I mean, I I don't know. Why I, mean, I look I look I do know why they put them on TV they they have programming and I got to fill programming but you have ESPN ESPN two ESPN U CBS National Network I mean they had games all over the place and you know really and truly I'd love to see the ratings because I don't think any one game really dominated the ratings and then I see that in prime time on CBS they had like the Mountain the Mountain Conference I mean come right. on yeah. I, I, you couldn't pay me to watch that game oh really. stop it I mean Be come nice. on you the guys look West, yeah, if if you're starting to fill out your bracket, you got to figure out who's going to come out of the Mountain West. I mean, this is the the great thing about it is that whether you're a gambler or not, everyone, whether it's just a work pool or something like that, everybody I know likes to try to fill out a bracket or two, right. take their chance. And with right. these big companies, you know, throwing around, you know, the possibility of winning a million dollars, all this other stuff. I mean, everybody gets involved in it. So there are times where, as you mentioned, those lesser known schools or those smaller schools that people don't necessarily focus on throughout the regular season don't normally get a lot of the pub, they get their chance to shine because now they're on TV. And if you're filling out a bracket, you're sitting there thinking, okay, well, these are two of the better teams. One of them's on, you know, reported to be on the bubble. They might get in there. And let's, uh, well, hey, is this, is this team capable of beating a, a Kansas, a Duke, or anything like that? I mean, the cream always rises to the top. But every year we sort of have a, mid-amer- a mid-major or somebody else sort of come out of the woodwork and, and, and make some noise. And I mean, some of the games are on teams. TV. I, you know, you never see these teams. The Southland Conference right. was on TV. Stephen at right. Boston was on TV. Conference USA, Marshall, Western Kentucky. I watched part of that. That wasn't a bad game. Buffalo beat Toledo in the MAC Conference. Big Sky. See? Buffalo. What's wrong Buffalo. With that? I, I watched that a little bit. See, you know, see, well, see. Well, because the MAC conference is in my region. The Mid-American well, Conference, Miami of Ohio is right near me. So, yeah. you know, I watched. I followed Toledo, and I was surprised Buffalo won that game. But they beat Toledo. Holy Toledo. And hey, Big Sky Conference, Montana mm-hmm. beat Eastern Washington. I mean, these teams will never, ever be on TV again. Really. So take your chance to shine and, and see what uh, you can do once you get in. Punch yeah, your ticket I mean, to get in the big dance. I tell you what, the one good game, I should say that the American East – the Maryland-Baltimore County beat Vermont on a last-second three-point. That was unreal. See? That was an, and we were see, talking I, about that game on, the, on the, this, my show yesterday. We were talking about it that uh, Iowa Sam, our techno producer, you know, was uh, was thinking, you know, one of those lesser-known schools that, right. that no one really knows about, and they're they're playing for a t- chance, and they won it. 
Well, you're right. Okay, so I mean, look, it is ah. great. It's great for these kids to be on TV, and it's wonderful. And I, I love watching Bill Raftery. I think he's the greatest. I really do. I love that man. Love watching him do basketball. Because all the problems that are in the game today, with the payoffs and everything illegal, he makes it so pleasant. And you forget about everything else. You just talk about the game, and that's it. But we got the Hall of Famer here, and that's Lincoln Kennedy. And you want to get him on Twitter at lkennedy72 or at Andy Furman FSR eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. That's our phone number. It translates to eight seven. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And our lineup today, what a lineup it is. Bronx talk at the end of this hour. Hour number two, the blame game, which Lincoln Kennedy obviously has retired the belt. He's a retiring champion coming out of retirement today. The blame game and bottom barrel betting in hour two. Hour three, the one and only Zach Braziller from the New York Post. He's a college basketball guru. He knows all, has all, and will be with us in hour number three. But one NFL team... Just showed their cards. That's next. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you at Geico. Uh, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in Geico. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote today. Andy Furman, Lincoln Kennedy here, about to have some fun and talk a little sports as we used the last segment and broke down. Uh, we had, uh, had a little fun. Andy, you know, when you look at the tournament, you talk about the small guys mm-hmm. and, and you talk about you know, punching their ticket. You know, it's it's really a good chance for a lot of guys to really showcase their talent because, you know, most of the, most of the guys in school at this particular point aren't the one and dunners. They're guys that've been there for a couple of years, and and a good experienced team can really make some noise uh, when when it comes to conference tournament. When it comes to the tournament time, I'm not saying they're going to win the Final Four. I, like I said, I think the the cream definitely separates itself, but. You know, the, the run that Wichita State had a few years ago and, you know, what Gonzaga did last year and stuff like that, it, it still should be some pretty interesting. And, you know, after yesterday, there were teams that proved that they should be number one and the number one seeds are going to be very tough, like Virginia. No doubt about that. I don't know who's going to beat Virginia. I mean, their defense is so stingy. I mean, I don't know how you get a shot off them. but First one of 40? Yeah, yeah. You you know, it's funny. You bring up an interesting point because I think as an athlete, you would know this. The kids that play for the schools like Middle Tennessee – uh, St. Mary's, Nevada, maybe to some extent, maybe Wichita State before they moved to the American Conference. I believe those kids have a chip on their shoulder because they probably were not picked as the, the A1 prime players going to the schools like Virginia or going to the schools like Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. I mean, they, they were like overlooked or maybe not even wanted. So they have something to prove. Well, I, I think you're right, and I don't mind that um, you know, because it's good to play with a chip on your shoulder. It still shows that you have a passion for the game. But the one thing that I've always loved about college basketball because it seems like everyone has a chance. No matter where you go to school, no matter where you're from, no matter what you do, if you take care of business, you have a chance to play for a national title. And I think that's what sports is all about. Right, and I tell you what, if I was a seven-footer in high school right now that I average maybe 25 a game and 15 boards a game, I wouldn't go to the Blue Blood School. I'd rather go to a school that really was not unheard of because everybody knows all the schools, but to bring a school some some glory that has never been there before and really make a name for yourself. I mean, if you're averaging 25 a game and 12 boards end up going to Duke or North Carolina, you're just another piece of the puzzle. Right. You know, you just continue the legacy. Kansas, the same thing. Go to a school like like uh, St. Bonaventure or Toledo or Miami of Ohio. I mean, I remember when Ron Harper played for Miami of Ohio. It was wonderful. I mean, he put that school on the map. They went to the NCAA. Yeah. They didn't go far. But still in all, every every eye was on Miami of Ohio with Ron Harper playing. Then he eventually went to, to the Bulls and he played in the NBA. It was great. It really was. doesn't happen much anymore. Everybody wants to be part of a big-time program. I get it. I understand that. 
but maybe I'm different. I don't know what, what your fate was but when you played football. You know, why Washington? Washington wasn't a big name at the time. Everybody knows the Huskies, but they weren't like a blue blood football program like Oklahoma or Ohio State. No, but, but it also did. I was of that of that other breed. I didn't want to ride on the coattails of other people. I mean, if you know, USC was was deep. They. I remember when I took my recruiting trip there. Um, you know, there was over forty something recruits there that weekend, and they only had eighteen scholarships. So if everyone in that 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 that, that weekend committed. There was going to be some people who were X'd out. I was worried that I was one of those people. I didn't know that. I never thought I was that good. So my situation was a little different. But I can understand in this instance, and you got to imagine, if, if you're a kid who's playing basketball and Mike Krzyzewski walks into your house and oh, yeah. says, I want you to come to Duke, it, it, you, it's hard to turn away from that. It, it, I mean, you think about it. If one of the Blue Bloods or one of the big names come into your house and say, you know what, I want you to be part of our program or I want to, or I want to recruit you, you don't have many people walk away from that. Right. That's a good point. It really is. Because if you get the coach of, say, St. Bonaventure or Toledo of Ohio coming to your house, you know, more often than not, nine out of ten kids obviously don't know what Toledo is or St. Bonaventure is, let alone the coach. Right. They don't know right. who the coach is. Right. 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 So it's kind of hard to weigh the turn away. But I definitely – there's not enough to go for everyone. And that's usually why those programs like the Dukes, the Kansases, the Kentuckys, you know, all the Blue Bloods, if you will, there are two, three, four people, uh, you know, deep on their roster – you know right. what I mean? And and then you talk about some of the mid-majors, like the big ones, like the Butlers and stuff like that, and uh, if you will, the Creightons. You know, they're building teams based on the fact they're able to keep people together. You know, it's not the one-and-donners. And, right. and, and and that's something that I saw. There are a lot of football coaches that are doing, not necessarily for the one-and-done aspect, but the ones that they can build a team around. They're not necessarily trying to get the top blue chippers because they want to go to, you know, the Alabama and stuff like that. They want to go after the second tier, the third tier, and build a team around good players instead of one or two exceptional players. You know what? You talk about building a team around good players. Let's move to the NFL for a second, the Cleveland Browns. Here's a team that basically was allergic to wins. They didn't win a game all year long. Can you imagine, Lincoln Kennedy, can you imagine being on a team in the NFL? Now, you were with the Raiders. You're on the sideline. Can you imagine if this team was winless? What would that be like? Oh, my goodness. That would be dreaded. I could not imagine. In two years, you only win one game. That, that, That would be absolutely dreadful to be a part of that. Even though Cleveland is a wonderful sports town, I love the people who is and, and definitely appreciate their passion to support their teams. That would be absolutely dreadful. But I got to give credit where credit is due. Cleveland is now putting their money up there because they've got a lot under the salary cap, and they they made a move recently. They even made a move last night getting Danny Shelton um, over to the Patriots for another fifth round pick. But uh, they they made you know they've made moves to sort of solidify the fact that they've got all these draft picks, all this cash, and they're going to and they showed the pattern of what they're going to do. I think they showed. Me their hand, and we'll see if they, they do it and they don't mess it up. Well, I, I think they showed the hand, but let, let me check in with you to see if you and I agree with the hand that they showed. They got Tyrod Taylor from Buffalo. Buffalo was not going to pay in the big money, and Buffalo wants to go under the cap. So Tyrod Taylor, to me, is a makeshift kind of fill-in quarterback because he's not going to be the quarterback of the future because with four quarterbacks out there and the Browns getting picked number one and four, they're going to get a quarterback. And now, by taking Taylor, now I think they've shown their hand by the fact that they're going to get uh, their running back from Penn State as the number one pick. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. That's the Saquon Barkley should be the first pick in the draft because he is the best available player in the draft. Right. And that should always be allocated for the first player in the draft. Regardless of the situation, you take the best player in the draft that's available. Saquon Barkley will be the number one pick to the Cleveland Browns, and then they'll be able to get their quarterback at number four. And another reason why they did it is that a lot of times just the it's sort of the nomenclature or the, the mentality. If you take a guy number one, you need to play him right away. 
and they want to develop their quarterback. Even if they're their quarterback, the one on the position that people were talking about and I've heard so much is Sam Darnold. Even if Darnold's not there, whether it's Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, or you know, or Josh Rosen, you go with another quarterback, and you have time if you're Hugh Jackson to develop him because right. you have that band aid and Tyrod Taylor. Now, people say what they want about Tyrod Taylor from Buffalo, but I do I know this because I watched him all last season, especially when the Raiders played in the playoffs. He didn't throw a lot of interceptions. Right. He didn't make a lot of mistakes. Doesn't turn the ball over. That's Doesn't the turn the ball over. Right. So, and I know a lot of people hate to use the term manage, you know, game management. He's 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 done that well. He's experienced that enough to do that well. And if you and, and just like he had with Lashawn McCoy in Buffalo, if you time him up with a decent running game, which is a quarterback's best friend, who knows what can happen? The fact that the Cleveland Browns with this draft and, and the next coming drafts are positioning themselves with enough, enough youth talent to merely make a run, let's take a look at their division. Baltimore's right. getting older. Pittsburgh's right. getting older. Cincinnati, Cincinnati and, and, and they're, they're getting older. Who knows where? Now it's time for the Cleveland Browns to sort of come back and I mean, not come back and, and, and make noise. They have to get these picks right. There's absolutely essential. So I don't think they're going to blow it. I think it's like you said, partner. They, they're going to get Saquon Barkley with number one, and they're going to get their quarterback at number four. And that makes sense. I forget that we, we almost forgot this. They got Jarvis Landry, now a receiver That's for right. Tyrod Taylor, right. too. And gotta, Taylor gotta, could beat you with his legs. He could beat you with his story. legs, too. True story. Yeah. Yep. I, I got no problem with Tyrod Taylor, although uh, we both know that he's not going to be the quarterback of the future with you know picks uh, up there one and four. Look, one's going to be the running back from Penn State. Uh, and then they got p- the possibilities of Sam Donald, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, or Josh Rosen. So someone's yeah. going to be available at four, and that's going to be their quarterback of the future. No doubt about it. And here's the thing. You also know that Tyrod Taylor wasn't the quarterback for the future because Buffalo so easily let him go. No they, you don't let go you don't let go good, good good quarterbacks if you think they have potential to take on and be a franchise team for your Not team. even let him go. They let him go and now the only contracted quarterback for Buffalo is Nathan Peterman and I thought that guy was on the on that TV show with uh, what what's his name with Pete yeah, Peterman. I don't even know. Oh, 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 oh! Well, I, I'm not sure of a TV show you're talking about, but I will say this: don't, don't, don't worry about Buffalo. Seinfeld. They're fine. They've got, they've got, they've got what? Two picks in the first three rounds uh, yeah. collectively. So I mean, yes. they're going to be. You talk about stockpiling some early. Look at that: two ones, two twos, two threes. I mean, that's that's pretty doggone impressive. If you, if you're Buffalo, as far as rebuilding a team, and they they really didn't take apart their defense. It's the offense they they need to fine tune, and, and their defense was pretty stout last year. There you go. He's Lincoln Kennedy. He's in for our guy, Brian No, who got married last night. Get him on Twitter, at LKennedy72, at Andy Furman FSL. We'll read him. We'll retweet him, 877-99 on Fox. That's our phone number, 877-996-6369. You know what? you got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Hooters! Now there's a changing of the guard with this team. We'll tell you all about it next, but first, let's go to our guy Ralph Irvin for the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, and we'll start in the NBA where there were five games on Saturday. Oklahoma City was a 104-94 winner over San Antonio. Eight Miami players scored in double figures as they ran away from Washington. 129-102. Charlotte got 30 points, 12 rebounds from Dwight Howard in a 122-115 win over Phoenix. Dallas handed Memphis their 17th straight loss, 114-80, and the Clippers remain in the eighth spot in the Western Conference with a 113-105 win over Orlando. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Teams getting automatic birth, births 
in the NCAA tournament after winning their conference championships from the ACC. That's Virginia. Villanova took the Big East. Kansas, the Big 12, and Arizona wins the Pac-12 tournament title. San Diego State, a winner in the Mountain West. Montana in the Big Sky. Marshall takes Conference USA. Buffalo, the MAC champion. New Mexico State wins the WAC. And Cal State Fullerton wins the Big West. And Richard Sherman agrees to a three-year deal. He'll be with the San Francisco 49ers this upcoming NFL season. Back to you. Thank you so very much, Ralph. We'll see you in about an hour. And this looks like USC all over again. We'll explain that in just about a minute. He's Lincoln Kennedy. I'm Andy Furman. I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And, of course, in about 15 minutes, we're going to have Bronx Sports Talk link. So uh, I know you're ready for that. You can, you can, you're good at these games. I'm not. Maybe I panic. See, the difference between you being the athlete, the world-class athlete that you are, and the schmuck that I am is the fact that you don't wilt under pressure. Was there ever a time, and please be honest, and I know you will be, in high school, college, or in the pros that you really got nervous and were schwitzing before a game? Nope. Wow. Wow. That's great. I and if it was, that. I wouldn't remember it. I wouldn't tell you either. But, but yeah, you come up with these games. How are you so bad at them? I don't know. I, I really don't. <laughs> I, I will ask you this, though. You had to be on some teams where some teammates were just, well, great in practice, but when it came to the games, they just wilted. They maybe Oh, yeah. The- there, was, there were several situations in a game where you just – you know, you look at a player and he look like a, they look like a deer in headlights and you're just waiting to see a puddle brew up under him. So, yeah. Wow. And maybe, they, you know, it could very well be, say, say a kid plays in high school. And I know in my high school football, they played on Saturday mornings. There were no night games. And like maybe 35 people showed up at the games. It was terrible. <laughs> really, in Brooklyn, it was bad. It really was. But, you know, all of a sudden some kid gets recruited to a major college from Brooklyn. And it goes to a school like Michigan where there's 100 plus thousand on a Saturday and he can't handle the pressure playing in front of a crowd like that. Well, I, I usually think that that's why back in the day, especially most schools would redshirt their freshmen to get them acculated to the college life, if you will, to that atmosphere. Let's face it, very few. I mean, back in the time, there were very few programs where a guy would go off of a high school field and march right into the starting lineup. Yeah. It just didn't work that way in college. Right. No, you're right. No, you're right about that. But, you know, I, I think that recruiting is such a scientific situation right now where coaches don't even go out and see you play anymore. It's all on videotape. You know, they send the tape to the coaches, and really and truly the tape doesn't really tell you much about the individual. I think you've got to get to know the kid and the kind of kid, you know, is he suited if he's from a big city? Say he's from Chicago. Can right. he handle living and going to the University of Wyoming and Laramie, Wyoming? I mean, that's it's a big culture shock. It really well, I mean, is. Well, you're absolutely right, but this is the way you whittle things down. You're able to do more with consuming less time. Let's face it, once upon a time, when you, when you didn't have access to tapes like you do now, you would literally have to get somebody on your radar, send somebody out to view them, and then see whether or not it was worthwhile recruiting. Now, with the internet and with the access that you have, you can do a lot more in a lot less time. You don't have to travel out to, you know, out to, as you said, Wyoming uh, from from uh, from Chicago to see this kid up for it. I, I, I get what you I get what you're saying. I think the film does the purpose of saying whether or not he's worthy to be on your program or whether or not you really want to have that athlete on your program. Then you go through the recruiting recruiting phase and getting getting to know the kid. You know, that's when you pick up the phone to call him. 
Yeah, and speaking of getting to know the kid, what about the turnover right now in Seattle with the Seahawks? I mean, you talk about Selection Sunday, I know, but there's always time to talk about the NFL, and they always manage to get in the news. They really do. They're great about that. Richard Sherman, he's with the 49ers. He's gone. Lyman Michael Bennett, he's out. He's traded to the Eagles. And at that famed Legion of Boom, it's over. It's gone. You know, Richard Sherman's 30, recovering from that tear in his Achilles tendon that he suffered last year, maybe uh, maybe they, they don't think he can come back and play that way. He's scheduled for like $13 plus million. But I think more over than the money, more over than the cap space, I think the toxic locker room when people were pointing fingers at Russell Wilson last year, that's the reason why they're cleaning out the garbage from the locker room now in Seattle. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, uh, well it's, it, it's one way of looking at it. I look at the fact that the window is, has closed for a while. Now you have to rebuild. And you don't rebuild by holding on aging expensive players. We call them salary cap casualties. And in the recent years, we've seen bigger and bigger names that it, that, that it happens to. The fact is that there's only one dynasty out there. That's the New England Patriots. And right. the reason why the New England Patriots are a dynasty is because they've had number 12 at the helm for 18 years, and along with a smart coach, just like the, what the, the, the Patriots did. The Patriots got Danny Shelton, who was a former first-round draft choice from the Cleveland Browns, defensive tackle. They got him cheap. Right. They didn't really have to exactly give up much this is exactly what they need to stop the run game. Exactly. exactly so, so I mean, so, so now that team gets stronger without really having to spend much. Now, if your other teams like Seattle, you're talking about, you know, Seattle had to do what they had to do because they had to cut cap space. The Legion of Boom is over. It sure you know, is. When, when you know, you got one of your safeties running up to the Cowboys coaching staff after a game, saying, "Hey, I want to be. Hey, think about me when when the time comes for a contract." Richard Sermon represents himself, so he finds out the, the the Seahawks are going to cut him. He takes a trip down to San Francisco, and oh, by the way, while you're in that office, what are you talking about? Oh, I'll take it. Sign right, right. here, because you you know what I mean. So that, that's the luxury of being represented by yourself. Michael right. Bennett gets out of gets out of Seattle, um, and gets traded over to the Eagles, makes the Eagles better. He's not as expensive as a free agent defensive end, but more importantly, the, the Seahawks get to release some cap space by right. by getting by unloading that contract. Yeah, so they have to retool. Yeah, and I, I mentioned coming into this segment that it looks like USC all over again, and people are scratching their heads and say, what did he mean by that? Well, I'll go about the Pete Carroll. I love Pete Carroll. I never met the guy, but I love I love his enthusiasm. I love on the sidelines what he does. He's the second oldest coach in the NFL, but he looks like he's 40 years old. Really, he, he just had that youth, that look about him. And I guess players love to play from they call him what they call, yep. I guess, a player's coach, Coaches, right? Yeah, player's coach, that's right. But what he did at USC, I mean, he was a player's coach there. He started winning at USC. Then all of a sudden, the roof came in, you know, with the Heisman deal with, with Reggie and everything else it was ugly and now to me it looks like the same situation is happening in Seattle it started off really nice they lovey-dovey they they bought into the system they win they they probably should have won more than one Super Bowl but they won a Super Bowl and now it's falling apart again I mean to me it's a it's a mirror image of USC don't look at it as falling apart it's because it's not surrounded by scandal or clouds of uh, controversy look at it as just re- reloading because they still have Russell Wilson Right. See what I'm saying? So when yeah. you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And if they paid, you know, they've done a few things here and there to get their offensive line. Last year, their offensive line was horrible, but they still find a way to win games and challenge for a playoff spot. Now, what's changing around them is what you have to take notice of. It's not so much what's going on in Seattle, but it's what's changing around them. The Rams are right. getting better. It seems like the 49ers are getting better. Arizona's right. without a quarterback, so who knows where they're going to be. This division has been competitive, and the Seahawks have been able to shine, but now they're sort of falling back, and they've got to reload. So that that it's smart, in my opinion, to reload at this time rather than waiting for a year or two and then having all these big contracts and people you can't get rid of. Uh, now you get at least something for them so you can try to reload and, and get some new fresh talent in there.
Right, and I'm sure Seattle fans don't want to hear this when I say this, but this is exactly what the NFL wants. They want the changing of the guard. They don't want to have dominant teams. They really don't. They don't want to have a team that like a kingpin like New, New England does every year. They want to have the draft situation really work. What I mean by that, if you finish last and get the first pick, eventually you get to turn around and not finish last and be a competitive team. That's exactly what they want. Unless you're Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it, it amazes me. It really does. But I think they've turned the corner now. I think John Dorsey is going to be a good GM. I think what they've done with all these draft picks and now, I mean, they be if they can't win now in that division, I, I give up. I mean, they get Saquon Barkley's going to right. hopefully he doesn't get hurt. I mean, with right. the, the curse of Cleveland, but he'll be the number one pick. Uh, they'll play him. They'll play him to death. He'll run him to death. They got Jarvis as a receiver right now. Tyrod Taylor is going to be a, a decent quarterback in that division, as you mentioned. Baltimore's finished. I mean, they really yeah. are. They, they had their day. Cincinnati can't get out of their own way. And that's basically it. I mean, uh, they, they have, and Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh's going to be Pittsburgh, but still in all, you can't get two teams in the playoffs from that division. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I agree with you. In the past, Cleveland has failed because they made the mistake at the most crucial pick, and that is quarterback. Yeah, They failed with Tim Couch. They failed with, you know, Johnny Manziel. They failed with all their number ones. I mean, they sent Deshaun Kaiser. They don't even think they really gave him a fair shot. You know, send him to Green Bay. I know. And, and maybe he'll do well there. You know, you don't know. Sometimes it changes scenery. Sometimes, you know, really, I, and I'll ask you this as a player. You know, sometimes, and I know it sounds really dumb, but I'll say it anyway, because uh, I say dumb things. Sometimes yeah. the uniform that you wear is kind of the curse. I mean, you know, you ch- and I've seen it in baseball for years. You know, an, uh, a journeyman player puts on a New York Yankee uniform, he becomes tremendous. In basketball, a journeyman puts on a Boston Celtic uniform, he does tremendous things. Does that happen? I mean, when you put on that Cleveland Brown uniform, you're destined for, for death. I, I, I believe in team. I, I can't put it all on the individual. I believe in team. And I believe in any professional franchise, especially football, it's not just the players on the field. Coaches coach, players play. But but you know, people like general managers and scouts have got to bring the better people, the, the best people together to perform the scheme that, that that the coaches want. So I believe in team. All right. I believe in you, Lincoln. I do. I always have. Aww. I always will. Lincoln Kennedy, Andy Furman right here, talking sports, and of course we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And we're talking sports like they should be talked in the Bronx. That's next. Great news. There's a quick way that you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Also, more great news. We're going to New York. Hey, Andy, take us back to Brooklyn, baby. I can't wait. Let's go. It's time to go. Let's go to the Big Apple. Guys, it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the rationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio, hosted by the great Sammy K. Oh, my buddy boys. Oh, I was so thrilled to have Lincoln Kennedy with us. And you know what, Link? I'm out of cigars. Can you get me one of your nice sticks? I'm itching for a stick, Link. I got a nice LK coming for you, all right? Hey. Good. I'm out of cigars. All right, let's get to it. Got Lincoln Kennedy. We got Andy Furman. We got the Daz. We got me, Sammy K. Rick Pitino. I thought we were done with this cheating bum. <laughs> Listen to me. After the FBI exposed him for alleged recruiting misdeeds at Louisville, he said he was, quote, finished with coaching. Yeah, my left foot, he was finished. In a recent interview, he says he wants someone to give him a chance. Should he get a chance, guys? 
You know what? He will get a chance. That's the sad thing because he puts butts in the seats and he can win. But he's a fake. He's a phony and a fraud. That's what he is. He's a crook. He's he a is crook. a crook. But there's going to be some school like the University of Pittsburgh that's going to maybe hire the guy. What do you think, oh, Mike? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, what about you? Does he get another chance somewhere? He you know what? I was, reminded, I was reminded the other day about Rick Pitino when I was watching the Blue Chips. Oh, and I tell you movie. what. Great movie. Young Rick Pitino walks out in a cart, and he's he's one of those guys where you just see he looks like confidence. Today he looks like a walking vampire. He's walking dead. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Someone will give him shot. Some small chance. school. He needs he's the Cayman he, Islands. Exactly. He's he's walking death. He's 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 the reason why vampire movies keep coming back. Rick Pitino's not going anywhere. He'll go to Arizona after Sean Miller gets fired. Twenty years absolutely. Ago, he was Nick no, Nolte. Now he's a vampire. Gives the team on Rikers Island. That's where he should go. I don't know. He said he was assassinated by the, quote, board of traders. That was a strong word, Coach. Uh, Hell of a coach, but for me, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's something up with that. All right, moving on. Uh, What's going on with Odell Beckham? He's in some instant gram video. Is that how you say it? I don't know, some video that appears to show what could be illicit substances. Oh, and a fresh a pepperoni a pizza pie. I can't follow him on that one. What's going on with Odell? Can he make? Can he avoid making the headlines for a few months? Or maybe this woman in the video tried to set him up to look like a schmuck. What do you guys think? Go ahead, All right. Go ahead. Go, yeah, here's thing. the thing. Here's the thing, Andy. Let's be serious. We can talk about Odell Beckham, a guy who always gets in trouble, especially because he he's up for a new contract. But let's talk about the brawl who filmed the while he was asleep. I told him. Hell, Odell, do me a favor, all right? Do me a favor. Make better choices when you choose these brawls. Do that. Hey, what though? I don't know where the hell he was, but I wish I was in that video. That's all I know. I wish I was in that freaking video. She was trying to throw him in the bed. He's just having a pizza with a broad in the bed. That's all he's doing. I love him. Everybody likes a little white. It looked like he had a stogie. He didn't have a a, a joint that looked like a cigar. We don't know. It looked like a cigar in his mouth. It was one of Lincoln's cigars. No, it wasn't. No. It was an okay. No way, hopefully. Maybe his incense. Who we know? Who knows? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Odell, he gotta. He's gotta avoid. He's gotta stay away. He's gotta stay away from getting in these bad situations. But maybe this woman he likes. I don't know. Maybe she was trying to set him up. I don't know. All right. Last thing here, guys. Uh, daylight savings time. I hate it. All right. Why are we still doing this? It's not even about the farmers anymore. It was to save energy during World War One. What the hell is going on? I hate daylight savings time. I love it. I love the sun. I love you know you don't like it because you're a nocturnal individual. That's what it is. You like a vampire, like Lincoln said. You like a vampire. You come out at night, Sandy K. You come out at night. That's what you do. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't have a problem with it because I live in Arizona now. And so hey, I'm out here in the sun all the time. And we don't celebrate days like saving time. What's the deal? In Florida, too, aren't they in the same boat? They don't even hey, do it. I don't know. the game. They had the game. <laughs> Doctors say it's bad for your ticker. Heart attacks go up. It's bad for when you got to take your medication. Oh, it is not. It's good. It's good for your vitamin D. It's good for vitamin D. It's good. Stay in the sun. Your bones. We get the extra little bit of sunlight now, but it's like I didn't even have a chance to. I, I hate it, man. I, we got to change the clocks all the time. I got a bunch Go of clocks back in the house. on the uh, rocks, Sammy K. That's what you know. No, Go we got to knock this out. We got to get rid of it. I hate daylight savings time. Everybody hates it. You it know is, what? I oh, hate well, you. Well, one, it's 100 years old. I hate you now. How's that? Now I hate you. Ah, give me a whiskey. LK, give me some of your cigars. All right, we're done, boys. We're out. I'm done with you.
Don't fix it. It ain't broke. We'll explain that in just about a minute. But now it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Lincoln Kennedy, the Hall of Famer. I'm Andy Furman, and welcome, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. If you're looking for Brian No, he's on his honeymoon. He got married last night, but this guy is a true Hall of Famer, a three-time pro bowler, my friend and acquaintance and a good buddy. That's all he is, all rolled up at the one with his own cigars, the LK. The one and only Lincoln Kennedy. Hello, Link. Hey, Brother Furman. So you mean Brian got married at, at his own, he, on his own? He, didn't, he wasn't forced to shotgun wedding or anything like that? It was, uh, he, he I have no comment. I have no oh, comment. Okay. No comment on right. that, really. Congratulations, yeah. Brian. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and I so. said don't do it, but he <laughs> did it. And who knows? I mean, it was really, you know what? Honestly, it was fast because I got a notice in the mail from him. He invited me to the wedding. It was in St. Louis. I'm not driving out to St. Louis for some wedding. Believe me. Uh, but look, no, no disrespect to him, but I, I have, I can't. I just can't do it, all right? So I got the notice of the uh, invitation about maybe three weeks ago. Maybe it was a shotgun wedding. Because he got oh, married okay. last night. I mean, yeah. for me, I mean, it was like, you know, I, I took a couple of months. I didn't take a couple of weeks. I don't know what it was like with you, but still. I mean, uh, you just, who knows? I don't know. That, yeah. I wish him well. I, that's all yeah. I'm saying. Why not? Yeah, not? Maybe he was forced to marry her. Oh, maybe forced to marry him. She was forced to marry him. I don't know. None of my business. All I do know <laughs> is that it's Selection Sunday today, and of all the sports right now, everybody goes crazy. It's, it's the greatest time of the year. And I, I think one of the reasons being, Link, is that, you have fringe fans. What do I mean by that? you got, like, people in the office place who will never watch a game, never know anything about college basketball, but they certainly get involved with the printing at the Xerox machine with the seatings and also the pool, the, the office pool, because productivity in the office place this week on Thursday and Friday goes kaput. It's all – maybe people – they go out for lunch early and they never come back. That's what they do. Oh. They go to a sports bar to watch the games. It it is beyond belief the way the the access that you have to March Madness. I mean, literally, if you have an apparatus these days that gets any type of signal, you can watch it. Uh, you know, once upon a time they, they were talking about office office pro- productivity going down uh, because of the internet and stuff they were using uh, to watch people were watching March Madness at their desk on their computers. Now they can do it on their smartphones, they can do it on their tablets, and and they and the stations give you access no matter where you are. So you don't need to have, you know, internet. You, you, they do it through the phone service. It's amazing right. how technology has really aided, you know, our our uh, uh, undisciplined uh, part of being being around in the workforce these days on March Madness. I will say this: watching a game on TV is my last option, you know, because I'd rather watch it on 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 my phone. I mean, on my. TV is number one. I'm watching on my phone is my last option. If I have to, I will. I don't really enjoy watching games on on a phone. I don't know about you. Well, no, I mean, you know, I saw an interesting news story a few year, a few um, weeks ago where they were talking about there's been a, a steady de, uh, decrease, I mean, a downgrade in vision amongst the younger people because everybody's looking at a, at a computer screen or a smartphone, and it's, really? it's creating more nearsightedness uh, and people requiring glasses uh, to, to clear their vision. Uh, and older people getting cataracts sooner and stuff like that. So, I mean, look, it makes sense. I, I find myself, you know, once upon a time, I found myself, if I was out doing something I didn't want to do and it was you know, it was a game on, I'm sitting there looking down at, you know, the, the Fox Sports app or whatever it is, watching, you know, watching basketball as right now, live as it happens, even though it's right. a, a seconds delay. But I'm watching it as, as I can. 
It's crazy. It really is. Kids don't understand like what you and I went through when we were kids. It's no. a different animal, but that's, that's right. the way it is. You know, you know, technology is great, but March Madness has it all. Has a one and out drama, which is great. Has battles that are cross country wide. You know, big schools, little schools, places that we've never heard of. David versus Goliath, the three week run, and of course the gambling aspect. I mean, it's all rolled up with the one. It doesn't get any better. It never ends. And the NCAA tournament selection show. They're changing it tonight. Did you hear about this? It's on TBS. And in the first 10 minutes tonight, 6 o'clock Eastern, by the way, we moved the clock, so it's 7.05 right now on the East Coast. In the first 10 minutes tonight, Sunday night, we will know the field of the 68 NCAA tournament teams, which is where, honestly, where the most of the drama usually exists. The next half hour will be spent revealing the brackets. Why in the hell are they changing it? The format was so great. They have the thing, and then they reveal who's who's in and who they're playing. Now we're going to know alphabetically the all 68 teams. The drama drama's gone. The drama's all gone. It's just a question of who they're going to play. The whole drama is you want to see if you're in. And I remember when the team would get in, they would go live to that school, more or less, and show them celebrating. It was great. Now they're changing it. I don't get it's, it. Well, first of all, it's lack of content. And it's really depressing that you have to try to be creative to reveal right. who's in the tournament. I've never watched a selection show. What? I've never watched. I've never watched a selection show. I've never paid attention to a selection show. I never even gave a damn about a selection show. <laughs> I've used a Sunday to do something else because on Monday, when it comes to the bracket challenge, I'm printing out a bracket and filling it out. So I didn't give a damn. I'm not sitting there, you know, worried of who's going to get in, who's not. You sort of have an idea, and more importantly, if you really pay attention to it, you know from the the conference champions and the people who are at the possible at large bids, pretty much you know the field. So, right. so uh, to me, so, it so does, you're it does the question. You're, you're exactly right. We don't really care who's in no. because we basically know who's in. We want to know right. who they're playing. That's exactly right. right. So, but, but, but just that, like that's just what like the drama was. Just like last week when I realized the Sunday that I didn't even know. Just like last week when the Grammys, not the Grammys, the Oscars were on. Yeah. No one had any new content. It was all reruns. I'm like, what the heck? It's Sunday night. Like, oh, the Oscars. It's going to be the same thing tonight. I mean, there's no new content really on because they're, they're talking about gearing up for the selection show. I've no, never wait. paid a damn to the selection show. No, I, I respect your opinion. I hear what you're saying. But our executive producer, Robert Dasmati, I'm going to beat him up a little bit right now because he's telling me oh. that the selection show is overrated. How in the hell could that show be overrated? Tell me. I mean, you got kids that have worked all year long, blood and sweat, to see if they're going to go play in the big dance. And now you're telling me it's – tell me. you got to explain how it's overrated. I just uh, with Link, no one. I don't watch it. It doesn't matter who gets put where. I'm still going to just fill out this the silly bracket that I'm not going to win. But I don't care to see. Oh, they're getting in. Oh, what is, you know, for the most part, like we already have like links of what we already think. Not uh, you know, all the online and whatnot. What teams are going to be where? And they're just just blowing it out of the proportion a little bit. Like, get you hyped up. With, and then we still have to wait till Thursday, anyways. So, yeah, wow. yeah. You know what? You guys are talking me out of it. I'm not going to watch it now. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. Is that easy, Andy? <laughs> I mean, you, you, really, I, 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 I'm all excited about 6 o'clock tonight. I don't want to miss it, but I'm just a little upset they're going to give me all 68 in one shot in the first 10 minutes. I like when they say, hey, we're going to the East. Here it is. Uh, it's going to be uh, you know, Alabama, Birmingham playing this school right over here, uh, St. Bonaventure, whatever. And that's great. And I love well, that, but you know, come on. Well, here, here to me, this also it, there, there's a number of things that compounded to get to this point. You know, if you live out west, the Pac-12 is not really strong in basketball this year, and we've got a couple like with the West Coast Conference. You had some small schools in here and there, right. but for the most part, when it comes to the West bracket, now I've always believed that I thought the NCAA should do their absolute best when it comes to marketing their product, put teams in that region within their bracket. 
You know what I mean? Midwest regions have Midwest teams, and then you take the best of the best as you compile. But because right. the, the West is so weak, they're going to have to send one of the stronger teams from the East, be it a Virginia or a Villanova, out West. And then they'll have to back it up by sending a couple other teams out West to play in the Western side. And so now, you know, depending on how well those teams travel, you have a, a slight decrease. I mean, I don't, I'm not interested necessarily in Virginia, I mean, not Virginia basketball because I've seen a lot of them this year, but there are other teams from the East I know nothing about. It might not necessarily be a ticket that I want to draw when the West, you know, the regionals come in my area. Well, I tell you what, you make a good point about the Pac-12. I tell you what, I tell you how weak they are. The American Athletic Conference will send more teams to the tournament tonight than the Pac-12. The American yep. Athletics going to send Wichita State, University of Cincinnati, and Houston, and I think the Pac-12 will have two at best. Two at yep. best. UCLA and Arizona. Yep. Yeah, it, it's sad. It really is. What oh, has happened to basketball in the Pac-12? What has happened? And really, in well, UCLA, here, you see, yeah. come on. Well, here's yeah. here's here's what's happened. Um. We talked about it last hour. There are a lot of sort of quote unquote blue chips from the West that are going to Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, Marquette. I mean, I'm, this that's what's happening. They're they're recruiting West Coast, West Coast talent because West Coast basketball isn't as strong, and it's harder for them to keep the recruits here. Well, you know what though, I would always say I would answer the question with this. There's so much talent out there that that's not an excuse because there's enough talent out there that all these schools can still be rocking and rolling and do well. well and you've got a, a great school like a UCLA, great tradition, even USC to some extent, and I don't understand why they just can't reload. I don't get well, it. I really well, don't. Well, look at, look at it also this way. I mean, you, 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 if you're, let's say you're, you know, you're potential one and done you're you're going to go to one place that's going to give you the maximum exposure. Other than Arizona, UCLA for the pack, and I'm, it's it's just sad, but it's the way it is. They don't have a lot of teams that get a lot of exposure. Well, I think now, part of the problem is, and I don't think high school kids or recruits are that smart to realize it. That basically the majority of media is on the East Coast. And like even last night when they have the Pac-12 games on uh, Fox Sports One, and they start at ten thirty or eleven at night. I'm not usually staying up to watch those games. No, I mean, no. I'm on, the right. East Co- I'm on the East Coast time zone. So right. basically, if you want to get major media coverage, you want to get newspapers on the East, you want the New York Times and all the big time. We've got Zach Brazilla from the New York Post. He's covering that nationally also. You want that stuff, you better get on the East Coast or at least the Midwest. Don't go any further than the Midwest because you're going to lose out on that coverage. You really are. Well, then you lose out in your local coverage if you're not careful. You put the games on too early, you lose out in your local coverage. Right. Because people can't watch or pay attention. You do it too late, you lose out on your Eastern coverage, which I understand. It's a very difficult position. And the the, the PAC faces it also with all their sports, including football and everything else. I mean, and the Pac-12 knew that because I remember about two, three years ago, didn't the commissioner of the Pac-12 put up a big uh, banner or something on a building in New York City for Pac-12 coverage for the Heisman winner or something like that, promoting some mm-hmm. sort of a Heisman winner for one of their I schools? Remember. I remember. Yeah, I think he was doing something. He wanted to get that media coverage in New York City, the Big Apple. That's where the media capital well, is. And, it's, you know, Pac-12 it's difficult. Misses out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard. But, I mean, in this, in this conversation, we're talking about basketball. You know, there are other schools that have got to t- you know, get a chance to rise, like Hurley's doing a good job in, in, in ASU. Um, you know, there's some programs that are on the rise and putting some things together, but it's just not at the level that people like you in the, or in the Midwest or the East Coast are used to because you've got the big, you got the you know Atlantic 10, the Big East, ACC, all these, you know, conglomerates when it comes to basketball, especially in the Midwest. You talk right. about the Big 10 and the Big 12. I mean, the what the PAX is, is sitting on its own out, out here in the West, and it doesn't have the star power that those other conferences have to drive the media and drive the market uh, the way it does. 
Well, UCLA could have been something this year, but they were too busy stealing purses out there in China, so that was a problem. Hey, you so. got to get one. Yeah, get one. You know how stupid they were. You should. They would have been better off taking a purse from a woman that had money in it than going to a store and stealing a purse from the store. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. True I mean, story. True story. Right? If they were to ask me, I said, look, you want to steal a purse? This is what you do. You go see some old lady on the street, just grab it off her wrist and run. That's what you do. Now, is that this the Brooklyn and you coming out again? Hell what is yeah. How, how do you Hell know yeah. that? Yes. That's what you do. That's what the, I've never did it, though. I, you know, I, I watch people do it. I've been around. Oh, is that how it is? Yeah, okay, I would sure. never do it. No, I wouldn't do that. No. I like old women. I like all women, old and young. I wouldn't do it to a woman. I'm just oh my saying, gosh. if you you're smart, now? if Stop. you're smart, <laughs> yes, I'm dancing. If you're smart, you go and you do what you got to do. You don't go to a store in China and steal a purse, which is an empty purse. How is stealing and stealing on the street or stealing in, uh, in a store any different? So well, you, you, you made the comment, if you're smart, you go do it on the street. What is that? Well, if you have a choice, you know why? <laughs> because in the store, you're going to get caught. In the store, there's no money in the purse. In the store, there's usually a video camera that they'll catch you. In the street, if you're fast, you take it and run and you, you, you're home free. Really? And what you do I is you I can't believe you just described the crime on the air. <laughs> Let's well, go I mean, break. I'm, I'm helping those kids from UCLA. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come on. We move on. Lincoln Kennedy, Andy Furman, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. And, of course, we've got the Blaine game coming up. We've got bottom barrel betting in this hour. Hour number three, as mentioned, Zach Brazilla from the New York Post, a college basketball guru. You could contact us on Twitter at LKennedy72, at Andy Furman FSR, or 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Now, he's the reigning champ. He retired the championship belt, and he's back for more. The blame game is next. Great news. There's a great there's a quick way that you could save some money. You know, switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes or less, you could save possibly 15% or more on car insurance. I also got great news. You can blame it on anything you want, but blame it on the fact that I am the champion. And it's good to be a winner. That it's good to be change. king, no? That may change. He's Lincoln, May. May. the champ. May's not here. It's still a couple yeah. months away. We'll see. Don't by the way, the Blaine game is brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, let's get it done. Let's play the game. Bingo, the bell. Ladies and gentlemen. And in the blue corner, still waiting to complete his 40 time, it's Lincoln. Don't kiss me in the game, Kennedy! (laughs) Taking my time with it. I'm taking my time with it. Yeah. Yeah. They measure your runner on a sundial. That's okay, but eventually I'll get there. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Get in your corner. Get back in your corner. Are you guys ready? Are we ready yeah, for ready. this? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. If I recall, the last time Lincoln came back and did this, he swept the floor with Andy Furman. So let's see how this you goes. You got to bring that up. It says uh, we don't need that. We don't need the editorial comments. Well, well the, you know, he did Get it through five rounds out. last time, but we're not going to have five rounds today, fellas. We only got three. Got to keep right. it nice and short. So All our right, first man. question revolves around former number one overall pick and former NBA MVP Derrick Rose. He's now on his third team in the last year. And he had some choice words for his critics as he gets ready to start his tenure on the Timberwolves. He said to Nick Friedel in response to his critics, I don't need any of your bleeping validation. I know what I am and I know what kind of player I am. 
Guys, Rose is taking a huge fall from grace, and I want to know who's to blame for Rose's struggles the last what, four seasons now. Andy, we'll start with you. Okay, I got to look at Derrick Rose when he played for Memphis. He was unbelievable. Had a great spring in his legs. He had several injuries, so you got to blame the injuries, the physical factor. You know, he just couldn't play anymore. But then again, he wasn't a great teammate. You know, in Chicago, he'd sit on the bench. He missed practice. The same thing in New York. But I will say this much: everybody in life needs an angel, and he's got an angel in Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau coached him in Chicago, and now basically he gave him another life in Minnesota. Is he going to be the same that he ever was? No, he's finished. His legs aren't the same. He doesn't have the hops that he used to have. So I blame the injury fact that he was a great player at one point in time, but he's not any longer. But he ought to kiss the ground that Tom Thibodeau walks on. Look, I blame Derrick Rose in this situation mainly because you go back to the Chicago days. After that injury, Derrick Rose came back on the court and played tentative. And he even came out, and you talk about he didn't need anybody's vindication in his comments. He even said in his own words, look, I'm thinking about life after basketball. I'm not as pushed and as, as moved as I once was to do what I did in the way that I did because I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt again. When you say that as an athlete, you're done. I don't care what you say because all of a sudden you put it in your mind that I have to protect this knee. And he had another injury on top of that with Carlson Moore games. Derrick Rose is just a mere fragment of what he, what he once was because he doesn't have the mental ability to want to be a champion anymore. And, yes, my partner is right that Tom Thibodeau has bailed him out with a life jacket, a life vest, to give him one last chance to showcase his talent. But Derrick Rose has been done for years, even before he left Chicago. All right. I like that. Both of you out of the gate real Real fast, real good. All right, you so next question <laughs> revolves around Tyrod Taylor. I know you guys, you know, spoke on him a little bit earlier, but we're gonna continue that conversation. He's officially out of Buffalo after what can only be described as a weird tenure there. It's speculated the Bills will look for you know a new QB in the draft this year because Tyrod obviously wasn't the answer. But many analysts do believe, many analysts, watch what I say there, <laughs> believe Tyrod is a good quarterback and could benefit many teams in the NFL, but just not the Bills. So I want to know, guys, who's to blame for the failed Bills Tyrod Taylor marriage? Lincoln, we can start with you. Well, you, you failed the administration. You failed the coaching staff that are around them. The Bills that changed over uh, coaching staffs and administrations around uh, Tyrod Taylor. And this is what happens. You become a casualty to to, to a, a thought process of a previous coach, a, a pre- previous regime. And when a new one comes in, they don't like you. They don't want to move on with you. I don't think I don't think Tyrod Taylor is a bad quarterback, but Tyrod Taylor is not a franchise quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor is a Band-Aid over a, a wound. And Cleveland is bringing him in at the right time because they just – want to squeeze a little bit of juice out of them while they build their franchise quarterback. Unfortunately, for the rest of Tyrod's career, he will be a vagabond as a backup. So who do I blame? You blame the coaching staff that got ousted in Buffalo before the new one, the new regime came in. Okay, I tell you, I blame money. Because the Bills signed Tyrod Taylor years back to a five-year deal before 2016 that could have allowed him to earn something like $90 million. Now, he had a losing record in 2016, and if you remember last year, they benched him for one game, and they put Nate Peterman in there for one game, and it was the biggest disaster. Who? Nathan Peterman. <laughs> right. And it was the Who? biggest disaster. Right. The biggest disaster the Bills him. had all season long. So, look, you got to blame the Buffalo Bills. you got to blame the pay situation. It's all about money. you really got to blame it's all about money because Taylor, he's still young at 28, he had a record of 23-20 and 20 for 43 starts with the Bills, and he, he won the Bills' starting quarterback job. He made the Pro Bowl. I mean, come on. So who do you blame? You blame the contracts, and you blame the money of the NFL. And, yes, he'll go to Cleveland, but he's not going to be the man in Cleveland, that's for sure. Hey, no noteworthy starter wants to go to Pro Bowl anyway. So Oh, look at that right there. Oh, man. What do you got to say about that, Andy? He's a Pro Bowl. You got anything, any response to that? 
I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Last question is about Lonzo Ball. And he seemed to have figured out, you know, he figured out how to play basketball again here in the NBA. He's been scrutinized all season long, but now he's kind of living up to the hype. I like to think that we were pretty unfair to Lonzo throughout most of the season, and he had more pressure on him than most other rookies have ever had coming into the season. But I want to know, who is the blame for Lonzo's slow start to his career? Andy Furman, we'll start with you. You know what, though? Honestly, you know, if it was anybody else in the National Basketball Association coming out of college early, you would blame the agent, you would blame the situation, blame the coach. Over here, you got to blame his dad because his dad put so much pressure and gave us so much hype and we believed so much of that gunk that we thought he'd come in there and, and like, run away with the show and be the MVP. This kid, Lonzo Ball, right now is averaging close to eight assists a game, almost 11 points a game on a team that's terrible, a team that's 29 and 36. So yes, you got to give a guy a t- uh, some time to adjust to the NBA and don't blame him. When you think about it, Lonzo Ball never said squat. He never opened his mouth coming to the NBA. He was just pleased to be in the NBA, but it's his dad said he's got to play for the Lakers. He's going to be a star. He's going to do this. So blame it on his dad who created this hype around the kid and it really wasn't fair for the kid as well. Hey! <laughs> you want to know who I blame? I blame the general public. What were you expecting? The guy, the guy just came out of college. You're not expecting him to come in the NBA. And while you've got players like LeBron James and so on and so forth, veterans that have been in the game that are the best players in the world, you're not going to have anybody come right off of a college floor and take over the NBA, especially Los Angeles. So the fact that he's become you know somewhat reputable before the season out is an accomplishment within himself. He's finally gotten used to the NBA, the pace of the NBA. That takes time. And so we're glad to see it. So now it looks like L.A. Future – Looks bright in a ball with a ball uniform. Much of it, I agree with my partner in the sense that his father is gone, so a lot less pressure is on him and the focus is on him. But what did we expect? The public expected him to come in and wow? Come on, be honest. That doesn't happen. All right, you lost. You lost. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> all right, so I'm getting the belt today. I'm going to get that belt. Lincoln, oh, you're going to get a belt, all right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Stop it now. Stop. All right, uh, so we'll get, good, good three good rounds, guys. We'll get to uh, results after the update there, Andy. Thank you very much, Lincoln Kennedy, Andy Furman. Wait till you hear some of these questions. You won't believe them. That's next. But first, we got to go to our guy, Ralph Furman, for the latest. Well, thank you very much, Andy. And we'll start off in college basketball where teams earned their trips to the NCAA tournament by winning the conference tournament championships. In the ACC, that was Virginia. In the Big East, it was Villanova. Arizona won the Pac-12, while Kansas won the Big 12. San Diego State took the Mountain West. The MEAC goes to North Carolina Central, while the SWAC goes to Texas Southern. UMBC took the American East. Montana is the winner in the Big Sky, while Marshall took Conference USA. Stephen F. Austin, the Southland. Buffalo wins the MAC, while New Mexico State wins the WAC. And Cal State Fullerton wins the Big West. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Five games Saturday in the NBA. Most notably, Oklahoma City, a 104-94 win over San Antonio. And Miami, with eight players in double figures, they outscored Washington 129-102. And gentlemen, NFL deals happening on Saturday. Danny Shelton sent to the New England Patriots. And Richard Sherman agreeing to a three-year deal with the San Francisco 49ers. In about an hour, Lincoln Kennedy in for Brian No. He got married last night. I'm Andy Furman. The Fox 
Sports Sunday. And these really aren't politically correct. We'll tell you all about it in just about a minute. And by the way, I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And in less than 15 minutes, we will have bottom barrel betting. But now to Mr. Dasmati, the chairman of the board, the results of the playing game. Oh, yeah. So we're going to go to Sam here first as our first judge, our resident judge. What you got here, Sammy? Andy, I give you the point for the Derrick Rose story because I like – I mean, it's really it's simple. I mean, his injuries, whatever that did to his mind, his injuries have still played such a huge role in his career in the NBA. And I love that the Tibbs point, and I know Link brought that up, but I had already kind of been bought off by Andy's, Andy's answer there. So I gave Andy the point for the Derrick Rose story. Link, I love what you said about Tyrod Taylor. He is a band-aid. I mean, he's he's not a he's not an all-time franchise quarterback guy. I mean, he's a he's a a guy who's gonna come in and plug the leak. He's gonna get put up some decent numbers, win you some games, but I don't know if he's gonna take you to the promised land. Uh, he's a guy who's gonna float around. He's a journeyman, and I liked Link's point on Tyrod Taylor. But I had so, to so get no. So I, I had to get the third one here. Andy takes the whole cake for me. He gets the point from me because he won the third one. I do think LeVar, the public, was influenced by LeVar. LeVar Ball set some incredibly high expectations for his son. So the the scrutiny from the public has come in way more uh, focused and uh, hot on on Lonzo. Unfairly so. Uh, and so I think a lot of that has to do with his dad influencing the public and just being in the public eye too much. So Andy, you get the point from me. Lincoln's nervous now. <laughs> Got a long way to go. All right, so the way I got it ruled out there, the first question, it went to Lincoln for me. Andy did have the point with the injuries, but I liked Link's whole point about saying that he mentally just made, he checked out. Like he, right. he right. thought about his future, and he just, at that point, he was like, nope, you know, injuries or not, I've got more to think about than just basketball. So Link takes that first one. He could have came back from the injuries. You see players do it all the time. Derrick Rose took a different route, and that's all his, you know, he can do whatever he wants, but. He did make that choice on his own. The second round, I gave it to Link as well. Oh. Tyrod Taylor, you have money, Andy. <laughs> money and blame money on all this. But no. you know, Tyrod Taylor, he is just there to you know solve small problems initially. And the Bills, they have a big problem. And Tyrod Taylor is never going to figure that out. And the last one goes to Lincoln as well. Lincoln swept it for me. I know Lonzo's dad, Lavar, has been out there, but the general public, we bought into it. We believe that. We all know better. We don't need to believe any of that stuff. And it and the media, you can blame them as well for going after LeVar constantly to try to get some sort of quote because, you know, it's a Wednesday in February and we have nothing else to talk about. So, Ralph, you have the final decision here. It's tied up 1-1. Here we go. All right. Well, we'll go to question number one. And Andy mentioned injuries, and I was like, Andy's going to go with it. And then he spent the rest of the time talking about Tom Thibodeau. Didn't make any argument. No argument, Andy. <sighs> Uh, Did I mention no argument? Whereas, all right, already, okay. <laughs> whereas Lincoln uh, was on it the whole time, never committed to the game. After that first injury, easy one going to Lincoln. Then on question number two, Lincoln did almost the exact same thing, talking about how b- the Bills didn't com- make the commitment, but then proceeded to talk about Tyrod Taylor not being a franchise quarterback. Andy was right. Was saying that uh, it was all about money. Andy, did money bench Tyrod Taylor for Peterman? 
Yeah, it did. No, did, no, no. I, I it, was, it, it, was, it was the same coaches and same know. ownership that that benched him the year before. Because, so Lincoln uh, won that one, and uh, that pretty much won it. I'll argue with that with you. And then I really would call it a push because LeVar did create too much hype, but the general public just generally expects way too much from rookies. They did it there, and Lincoln again in a sweep. Uh, congratulations. Pull out the broom, baby. Congratulations, Lincoln. I, I can't win. I mean, really. I'm like the Cleveland Browns of this game, really. Andy, you I won a couple weeks Brown, ago. Brown, flush it down. Yeah, yeah, I know. If it's Brown, flush it down. There you go. By the way, I want to talk a little NFL with you if I can, champ, if I can. Because the combine is over, and, and you've been to the combine, and, you know, I don't want to talk about the times and the pull-ups and the running around in your underwear. The big question of the combine are the personal questions that were asked of some of the potential hopefuls, all right? I got to ask you. What's the purpose of those questions? And, in fact, what did they ask you when you were at the Combine? All right, I'll start with the first question. And let me preface this statement by saying in the male professional locker room, it is still, in this day, extremely homophobic. Just there's mm-hmm. no way around it. it. You just have that prejudice about it. It's right. extremely homophobic. Very okay. Guys in the right. locker room are sensitive over the matter. They don't want to talk about the matter. I know it's hit them in their face a couple of times, but it's extremely a sensitive subject. Right. So well, when you talk about some of these questions that come out, once upon a time before social media, no one ever publicized the questions in the interview part of the segment. And now it seems to be more and more open. And you've got people on staffs that ask questions like this, whether it's directly or indirectly. And here's my here's 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 my example. When I went to the combine, I can't remember. Excuse me, I can't remember what team it was, but I remember specifically sitting in the middle of a room, surrounded by chairs of scouts and execs on the outside, sitting in a room, and the question was thrown at me. The scenario was proposed that you have someone who does your laundry. And the person mixes up your your white underwear with the colors, and your underwear come out pink. What do mm. you do? Wow, what'd you say? Now I answered the question. I said I put on the pink underwear and I go back to Nordstrom's and get some more. But the reason why I was asking because they wanted to see how I was going to react to that type of scenario if it if it came across me. How was I going to react? And more and more. These days, you've got people on staffs who are sensitive to the locker room and think that they're looking out by the lock, for the locker room, uh, asking some of the questions that slip out. You know, at these these interviews, do you like men? Are you gay? You know, when's the last time you had a girlfriend? Some are more direct about it and and, and right. totally insensitive, and some are less direct about it. They're just trying to see if they can get a rise out of you. Um, it, it does not surprise me. But the bad part again is, as I said, and the reason why that it goes on this way is because. Most male locker rooms are extremely homophobic and prejudiced toward it and sensitive yeah. over it. Well, Darius Geis, the LSU running back, he was asked if he likes men. And, and, and then they brought a guy into the room and they said, hey, man, I heard your mom sells herself. How do you feel about that? My yeah. question is this. How do you get away with questions like that? If I'm in the workplace looking for a job, say Fox Sports Radio wanted to interview me way back in the day to hire me for a job. They can't ask me a question like that, could they? Can they get no, away with probably, that? I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't know the, I don't know really what corporate America can and cannot do. It can be considered discrimination in many ways. But in the fact is when it comes to the NFL, no one has to draft you. Right. There, there, there's, right. there's no rule that says you have to be drafted. Right. So the combine is just nothing more than a large job fair. No one has to pick you. And these questions are going to be the make or break of being picked? I don't think so. 
No, it shouldn't. But again, you you look, you have some guys who are overly sensitive when it comes to that. I I, I mean, I know from seeing the locker rooms and seeing reactions to guys that, that thought that other guys were gay or something like that. Yes. Well, and back or in after they found out. Okay, back in 2016, safety Jalen Mills from out of LSU, mm-hmm. he was asked about his murder weapon of choice. That's what he was asked, okay? And, and then he came back. I read this, and I, I'm going to quote now. He said, quote, if you choose the knife, now you're killing for fun because you have to consistently stab someone, but a gun is quick. That was his answer. I, I guess some of the questions that are asked, like with your underwear question, they want to see if you're going to get pissed and really freak out and how you're going to handle pressure perhaps in a situation on the field. I, I don't understand. Well, it's, it's similar to what they asked when back in the day the Giants made you take the Wonderlick test. Now, the oh, Wonderlick has absolutely nothing to do with football. Right. But it's your process of thinking. It's your process of your personality and everything else. And if you're not, you know, if you're not as strong scholastically, you'll probably fail miserably. But it doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't necessarily indicate your intelligence. Right. So Look I, smart, I, street so smart, there's a difference there. What I'm hearing now, they don't give, give the Wonderlick anymore. Oh, they don't? I don't think they do. I, I, don't, I haven't oh. heard. I mean, okay. they, they they make a big deal about it because I remember there were a couple of players who got like a zero on it. And they made a, yeah. they made a big deal about it. And, I mean, some yeah. of the questions were so far stretched that you just looked like what? What? Yeah. And, and it's a time consuming test. I remember the uh, the former punter and tight end of the Cincinnati Bengals, Pat McAnally, got a perfect score on the Wonderlick, but he went to Harvard, so maybe well, that's why. I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, you know, Scholastic, if you're book smart, which is different than street smart, doesn't necessarily you know total up your intelligence, but at the same time. You know, you'll have many guys who will get upset like, man, I'm here to play football. I don't give a damn about this damn test. Right. No, I, I understand. And there's no correlation. I wouldn't think no. about getting a high school. McAnally was a decent football player. He's not a Hall of Fame. I think he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, though, with you. I think is he, he is. Pat McAnally. Probably is. But yeah. I also think that a lot of times there were teams, there were coaches who wanted their quarterbacks to, to score high on the Wonder Lick because they thought they were better able to process information if they scored higher on the Wonder Lick. Or able to process offenses or to, to, to do what they needed them to do. I, I think that this whole situation, I think the combine thing has become such a joke, such a farce, because many of these players don't throw at the combine. Some don't even show up. And I think it's more of a made-for-TV situation for the NFL Network than anything else. And it's a, great way to, it's, it's a great way to keep the NFL once again in the news. Every several weeks, the NFL is in the news. You know, They got the draft. They got the Super Bowl. They got the combine. They got the, the mini camps. They got the, uh, the OTAs. They got everything. Every three to four weeks, there's something going on with the NFL to keep them in the middle of the news where other sports don't have that luxury. I don't know why other well, sports, other sports have, have I mean, well, other sports have different ways of doing it. I mean, if you think about the NFL, if you ride high from August to January or February, then you take a little bit of break, then you have the combine, then right. you take a little bit of break, then you have the announcement of the schedules, right. then you take a little bit of break, then you have the draft, then you take a little bit of break, you have the, the you know, basically the buildup for the preseason, the mini camps and OTAs. That's the best way that you can market it. Other sports, for example, like basketball, Basketball season is incredibly long. You're, you're still carrying over into June, and by that time, the playoffs are so damn long, you're bored as hell because you're tired of seeing the same, same two teams every day. Yeah, you're right. right? No, there's no doubt about that, really. But Exactly. Right. But, but, but the, that's how the, they stay relevant. And baseball, but the point what, is baseball, with the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, I think the NFL has a, an hour show on TV for the releasing of the schedule. Absolutely. I don't think any other sport has that. And that's another TV show I don't pay attention to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear what you're saying, but you're right. I mean, the NFL has that luxury of a great PR machine where other sports don't, and I, I think it's the sport. 
It is a sport. I mean, the NFL is the sport in America. They could talk about baseball as America's pastime. I say, yeah, it's past its time. That's what it is. For whatever the reason, we're going to go into, we've talked about it ad nauseum. You know, gambling, you know, fantasy football, once a week. The, you know, it's only 16 games. There's so many reasons why. The violence, perhaps. But num- number one sport is football. And number two, probably, is college football. Partner, I, I'm I, I got to disagree with you. I think I think basketball, professional basketball, has surpassed the NFL in many ways. You really do. I Why do. is that? I just think I, I talked with a veteran. I did an event yesterday, and I talked with a veteran who remembered when I was playing. We had a conversation. And he's just like, you know, I wish he said, you know, I, I wish I could watch football. And I tried to pick his brain. Why don't you no longer watch football? He said, I'm not a fan anymore. And he says, he says for a number of reasons, but mostly he doesn't see the same type of passion that he did. Really? Out of previous players, the same type of commitment. I, I tend to agree with that, mainly because of the way the rules are structured and stuff like that. But I, I think last year showed me a lot about the public just over the whole anthem controversy, yeah. the general yeah. public's view of the NFL. And when I heard people's comments and whether they want to come on and say, well, you know, what, I, I, I don't you know, I don't believe that that, that, that the social issues should cross over into sports, even though they do all the time. Right. Um, and there are people who used to think of football as their escape from world, world reality. Like everything stopped while the Patriots were playing the Browns. <laughs> right. But that's how right. they that, and they never they never want to realize or talk about social issues. Or why a guy's kneeling or why a guy's standing and is this guy are they not team because they're not doing it together or they're not coming out the locker room. That's that's what carried over for a while. You're exactly right. I tell you what, interesting. I think the NBA and college basketball is catching up, but we'll see. Lincoln Kennedy, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, and it's a chance for losers to unite. We call it bottom barrel betting, and it's freaking next. Great news. There's a quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Bottom barrel betting. Is this what they used to do in Brooklyn after they snatch your purses? Hell yeah. Bottom barrel betting. I tell you what, it's Lincoln (laughs) Kennedy. It's Andy Furman. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's play this game. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, no. You thought you was late. Barrel. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Betting. Yes, it is. It is the one and only Robert Dasmani to lead us to the promised land. All right, fellas. How's it going out there? Great. great. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There we go. All right, so quick recap last week. I know, Lincoln, you weren't participating, but Andy is always dying to know how he did. Yeah. Last week, I asked you guys, first question was uh, over under 34.5 points for Anthony Davis against the tanking Mavs. Andy uh-huh. took the over. Brian took the under. Anthony Davis only had 23 points, so Brian won that one. Ugh. Second question was whether or not the uh, guards, uh, Devin Booker or Dennis Schroeder, if they would either of them would outscore the opposing bench of their team. You both said no. You both were correct there. And then the last question right here, Andy, you don't have a chance of winning, but still, here we go. There's over or under 39 and a half goals on the day. There's seven NHL games. There were 42 goals last Sunday. Andy, you took the under. Brian took the over. So Brian took last week's wow. bottom barrel. Okay, let's betting. move on. I don't All right, still losing, huh, Andy? <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, today, actually. The Cavaliers and Lakers are set to face off tonight. And with all the talk about LeBron potentially joining L.A., you know, for those of you who don't know, LeBron for his career averages 27.8 points per game against those Lakers. So I want to know, over or under 27.5 points for LeBron tonight? Andy, we'll start with you. Definitely over. He'll score about 34, have 14 boards and 8 assists. 
Oh, we're getting specific. All right, Lincoln, what mm, you got? Look at you going to specific. I love the king. Okay, well, you know what? It's definitely going to be over. Have you watched the Lakers play defense recently? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we already know it's going to be over. More importantly, if he wants to show the L.A. fans what they're looking for or what they want to get if he comes to L.A., so he's going to definitely put on the show over. Oh, yeah, we'll see go. what he does with Isaiah Thomas out there, too. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right, so next question. We'll uh-huh. stick with uh, Cavaliers and Lakers. Lonzo Ball's shooting has been superb as of late. Well, up until Friday um, night against Denver, but – He's been playing a lot better, and you know Denver's a better defensive team than the Cavaliers are, so I want to know over or under three and a half three-pointers for Lonzo Ball against the Cavs tonight. Lincoln Definitely over. You. There you go, Definitely over. He'll, he'll, he'll go over because he'll be shooting the ball a lot more. Right. Definitely under. Definitely under. Oh, all right. All right, here we go. Right. Final question right here, guys. Later today, we have a few different finals and conference play, and I just want you guys to give me your winners in these three games. First one, Davidson, Rhode Island. Second one, Kentucky, Tennessee. And last one, Houston for Cincinnati. Andy, you go first. Rhode Island, Kentucky, Houston. All right. Cincinnati, Kentucky, and Rhode Island. All right. There we wow. go. Good luck, fellas. Thank you very much. And Lincoln, we'll find out. We'll let you know if you won or not. All right. Sounds Against good. you, Andy, it's a definitive, oh, definite win. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, there's only one person who can answer this question, and Lincoln Kennedy and Andy Furman tell you more. Where? On Fox Sports Sunday, coming up right here next. Has the game passed him by? Well, we'll let you know in just about a minute. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Lincoln Kennedy, the All-Pro, the Hall of Famer. It's unbelievable. It really is. I'm Andy Furman, and welcome, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Let us not forget right now, on the East Coast, it is now 8.01 a.m., because you move the clock an hour. Yes, spring ahead. That's what we are. And here's my guy who's always springing ahead, my friend and partner, Lincoln Kennedy in for Brian No, Hello, Link. Hello, Andy. How the hell are you? How you doing? How's life? Life is good. And at the law firm of Kennedy and Furman, we're slowly smoking on LK cigars and having yes. a good time, slipping on Sounds some cigars. very good. Yes, yes. This is the Power Hour, also known as the Hour of Power. And it's certainly today's Selection Sunday, and you're not going to watch it. And our producer, Robert Dasmati, said it's overrated. So maybe I won't watch it either. March Madness is here. They're going to have the new format. The first 10 minutes, you'll know all 68 teams. And they're not going to tell you the bracket. The, the drama was Oh, are we going to go? Is our team going to be there? The bubble teams are talking about the St. Mary's, the Nevadas, the Middle Tennessees, the Notre Dames. Are they going to go? But that they ruined that. They got to tinker. That's the problem with everybody in life. They got to tinker. People get a new job. What are they going to do? They change things. Not necessarily for the better, but they want to change things because they want to put their imprint on it, which not necessarily really is good at all times. Always trying to create some drama. They are. They are always trying to make something better. When there's things that just, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Leave the selection it show is nothing more than just announcing who got in, and for all those one teams and those schools that were kept in suspense because they didn't take care of business in the conference tournament or their record was a little bit shaky. Um, you know, they're sitting and waiting by the whether they bring a camera to their school to make a big deal about it, or or those guys are doing something else on Sunday. I like I said before, I never cared for much because I just wait till Monday comes out and print a bracket and go from there. 
I'm glad you brought that up because I'm, I'm so disgusted when these high school kids make a big deal about their announcement of their colleges. And some, some of these kids, they'll have a college cap that they wear for one school and they remove that and put another one on to kind of fool it. I, I can't stand it. I really do. And I blame the high schools for it because they make a big deal in the assemblies, in the gymnasiums. They do that. I, I think it's wrong. I really do. I don't know how well, you feel about that. I don't look, know. I, I, I've never, I've never cared too much for us. I mean, that's that's a different one altogether. When you're talking about the recruits on the national signing day and how they make a big deal about it, um, I, I know it, it's one of those slow times in the TV world where they don't have anything else for content and they have to show, you know, where these guys are going. And you're right, they do make a big deal. And it, you can imagine if you were a small high school anywhere in America or, or a school that is either known to have prominent names or once and now has a prominent name about to go to the next level. You could imagine how excited you would be to have a national camera from ESPNU show up and say, hey, look, we want to tape this young man and see who he chooses and how him and his family make a big spectacle of themselves in front of him. I've never liked it, but this is what people do these days. Yeah, they really. everybody's a showman. Everybody's a mm-hmm. star. Really is. You know what? I said early on that we're very lucky to have you here today, not only because I love you to death, but you know what? There's a couple of questions I need to ask, and only you will have the answers. Really, because you not only are a Hall of Famer, you are not only a three-time Pro Bowler, you're the sideline reporter for the Oakland Raiders. And John Gruden is the new coach. And I got a couple of questions to ask you about Chucky. I really do. Chucky. Chucky. And, and I first one I'm going to ask about the response after the hire. You know, I know there was a lot of hype, but what was basically the response in and around, not only the NFL, but the fans in, in the Oakland area? Happy, sad, uh, upbeat. Uh, what was the, the general consensus? Mark Davis had been explaining for years that he wanted to get John Gruden back on the sideline. Um, so when the rumors started circulating, I really didn't pay it any mind because it's nothing I heard before. Right. Plus, the circumstances that surrounded Jack Del Rio was the fact that he recently got a contract extension, and, and I didn't totally blame last year's disappointing season on he him. He got screwed. I, but I, I do think he lost, he lost a little bit of locker room. How did he get screwed? He got paid. I mean, he yeah, lost he his lost job, his but he job. got paid. Yeah, and he, yeah. But my, my thing is this, is that – they made a big deal about John Gruden. The Raider Nation is excited. Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, is excited. The organization is excited because they got the face that they want as they have this transition between Oakland and Vegas and possibly the offensive mind to take Derek Carr's ability to the next level. Because if you remember Gruden's camp when Derek Carr was – before he was drafted, he loved Derek Carr. He was right. raving about how Derek Carr is capable of making every throw possible, uh, imaginable for uh, as a quarterback – and last season, Derek's car, whether it's the injury, mental, whatever it was, or surrounding, Derek Carr's play regressed. So he wasn't mm-hmm. the same. And the, and the team wasn't as successful as they were the year before. So Raider Nation is hoping that John Gruden can put them in the playoffs, give them a chance to win the Super Bowl. And I, I think that Raider Nation's real happy because he's going to bring a lot of hype when this yep. team moves eventually to Vegas. Yep. So that's going to be sure. a good move. But here's yep. my question, though. He last coached in 1998. He was a mere 35 years of age at that time. Coached his last game in 2008 uh, with the Tampa Bay. Uh, uh, with Tampa Bay, and obviously he was in the Super Bowl. He won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl with them in 2002. What has changed in the league since then? What must he do to adapt to the new changing of the NFL? Because when he coached, teams had paper playbooks. Today, everything's digitally uploaded on tablets. Right. I know it's not that big of a deal, but certainly – 
He's got to make some changes. Has the league or has he has it passed him by? Can he adapt to the modern day player because he's been out of it so long? Well, we we've often seen coaches get other chances at other plays and uh, places and stuff like that. And you kind of see the the revolving door that is a coaching carousel. Um, so this is nothing that's new. The only difference is that he's been out of coaching for the long stint that he has. But right. you know, Dick Vermeil did it, went in the booth and came back and had some success. Uh, there's a lot that has changed. Most notably, the player has changed. The mentality of the player has changed. More and more guys are into individual branding than ever before because they have that ability to do that. You have guys that get injuries, and once upon a time, it was just between the training staff and them, and it wasn't even released to the the press. Now you have guys tweeting about their injury. My ankle's a little little bump, so I'm not going to play next week against Detroit. That's, That's what's out there, and you can't control that. Right. You got guys in the locker room like Antonio Brown, you know, last year, you know, taping the, the post game uh, speech by the coach. That was a joke. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, this is this is this is the temperament of today's player, and you have to deal with it. More importantly, there are many players that believe they are bigger than the team, that their own individual identity is bigger than the team and greater than the team, and that they don't need the team to be successful. I go back to Antonio Brown now, regarded as one of the best receivers in the game. Last year, we saw him throw a temper tantrum on the sideline, winning a game because he didn't catch a ball. That's what I'm talking about. Le'Veon Bell sitting in the locker room and and uh, before the Jacksonville uh, Jaguar playoff game, saying, "You know what? If I don't get the contract I want, I'm I'm willing to sit down and not play next year." That's the type of individuals that are in the game. More importantly, you've got less time to dedicate to your craft, be at the CBA. So it's, it's harder to develop players that might be on the fringe to be something great because they can't work extra hours with their coach or they have to have a walkthrough. It's a mandatory walkthrough. I don't mean a jogthrough, a walkthrough. Or you don't have enough padded practice to develop that offensive or defensive lineman. So you know, more and funny, more coaches yeah. are using – more and more coaches, to finish my point, more and more coaches, partner, are using the first four games of the regular season to get their guys in football shape. Mm-hmm. Now but put that in perspective. Mentioned- Imagine yeah. that. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the CBA thing because I read something just the other day that Gruden said, I think this was in USA Today, Gruden said that he remembers when players would drop by his office in Tampa during the offseason to get their football fix in, but the current CBA contract, which went into effect in 2011, changed all that. They can't do yep. that. Can't, can't meet do it. That. So that's a big deal. I think that's a it real big deal. It is a big deal. deal. And, and put it to put it into perspective, you're a professional, and let's say you work at IBM. And, and you have a certain amount of hours a day, your work day, but you have to get a big project done. You can apply overtime. You can apply extra hours, even if it's at your own expense, to get some help to get this project done. In professional football, you can't. If I'm a struggling offensive lineman who wants to go get better, and I want my coach to show me some things, he can't. By hand, because by the rules of the CBA, he can't take me on the field and work me out. What was the purpose of that rule? Because they had coaches who took advantage of it, and they, they, the players thought that they were working to snot at them with padded practices and everything else, and they Jeez. wanted to they wanted to add to the longevity. And the football, and, and to be honest, the NFL didn't mind because the NFL is more about fantasy than anything. So they want they want as healthy a player in week one as they can get in week seventeen. But don't you think the fact that the CBA has even gone crazier, and the fact that they don't practice with pads many times during the week, has led to more injuries? Yes, and it's right. led to injuries. It's led to injuries on the most critical players. Andrew Luck's not playing. Right. He's a big part of the he's a big part of the NFL, the conglomerate of the NFL, especially in Indianapolis Close. So so I say that to say this. The next CBA, they're going to adjust that. They're going to amend that. Somehow they're going to fight for to, to either give 
more practice time to big guys or whatever it is in padded times or more padded practice, but they're going to change that. It's not going to long. Well, it will be like be a boxer same. going into a fight without having a sparring partner. That's exactly Without even right. sparring before, right? You've got to have – or go into Carnegie Hall playing the violin without practicing. You've got to exactly practice. Right. You've got to practice. That's True what you've got to do. But now teams use analytics to evaluate players, and Gruden said that he likes doing things the old-fashioned way. He said the old-fashioned way is a good way. You've got to adapt sometimes. I mean, there are people right now that you and I know that won't even use emails or things like that. You got to adapt to the times. I don't care who you are. You have to. No even doubt if you about don't it. Like it. No doubt about it. But here's the thing: you you can't necessarily adapt to something you don't understand or not totally trusting. Right, There's yeah. something to be said about the new school, the new school scout versus the old school scout. The new school scout who uses analytics, use percentages and everything else, versus the old school scout that says, "Hey, let me get some game film on the kid, or let me see him in person." Let me see right. him run. Let me see him do that. I mean, it's it's a difference in philosophy. None is more effective than the other. You know, you take a look at what Cleveland did a few years ago before they changed over. They they were using analytics to figure out their perspective and their well, dra- hell, and they, they hired a baseball draft. guy to That's do exactly that. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and, and to figure out their draft position. And then they acquired all these picks, but we're still losing football games, still changing coaches. They decided to stick by Hugh Jackson another year, even though Hugh Jackson's got a one and thirty one record in his career over Cleveland. And 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 say okay, let's see if we can develop something from here. I mean, there's no right way, in my opinion. It's just like I said, different strokes for different folks. It's it's amazing, really. We have a tweet over here from John Hagen Jr. says the problem with coaching in the NFL today is that you can't be the total disciplinarian. You have to be. I sort of disagree because I think Bill Belichick is. I, I well, think if you if you have the confidence of ownership, which he does, yes. you can get away with that. That's the That's key. part of it. And the yeah. other part is that he wins. Yeah. So the proof is in the pudding. You can get off the boat if you don't want to, or you can try to do your own thing if you don't want to, but you're not going to win as much as we do, and you're not going to be a champion as many times as we do. Right. Last but the not man has least been in eight Super Bowls. You can't knock what he does. It works, really. That's exactly but- right. So if you think, that you, if you think as, an, as an, a grown man that you're more, uh, you're more able to get things done your way, go somewhere else. And that's what he's shown notoriously, that no one is bigger than the team. I don't right. care who you are. You're exactly right. Now, now, last but not least, the Gruden situation, he hired Greg Olson as offensive coordinator. He had, he had a Tom Gamble, a veteran coach for the offensive line. Paul Gunther, who I knew here in Cincinnati as a defensive coordinator, he's the D coordinator right now in Oakland. So can he succeed hiring these people, these good people around him right now? He's got a pretty good nucleus of players. He really does. Although he did mention the other day when I read that story, he says he hasn't even met him yet. He doesn't even know who the players are. Well, I mean, again, this is one of the things that hurts you with the CBA because he hasn't been able to get in front of everybody. Once upon a time when a new coach came over, there was a mandatory team meeting. But you can't be mandatory. Everything's voluntary. But as far as the coaching staff, you know, Coach Cable, the offensive line coach, is going to help with his running game. That's what he that what he had in Bill Belichick. I mean, not Bill Belichick. Um, oh, goodness. My offensive coach, line coach who took over, and now I just drew, drew a blank. But um, he had that before, and he'll have the same thing with Greg Olson as far as developing the passing game. But he'll be more involved with Derek, Derek Carr directly. And Greg Olson, who has a little bit of a relationship with Derek Carr, is, is, it'll be around. So that'll help, uh, help uh, bring things together. Sounds wonderful. I appreciate your insight because you're the man. You're on the sidelines all the time with him, and uh, you know during the season, hopefully, I'll chat with you a little bit more. Lincoln well, Kelly's his name. Not, maybe not. No, no, no. Uh, listen to you. Bill Is Callahan there... was the offensive line coach. That's, oh, that's right. Again. That's all right. right. There we go. Okay. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. He's Lincoln Kennedy. You want to get him on Twitter? It's at LKennedy72 or at Andy Furman FSR. We've got a couple of calls on hold. Stay there. We'll get to you. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. Bottom of the hour. That would be 830 Eastern time. Zach Brazilla from the New York Post, the college sports guru. 
We'll get to him at 8.30 Eastern right here. But right now, confidence or cockiness? You tell us next. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says 15 minutes could save you 50% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. He's Andy Furman. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. We're having a little fun. And Andy, what do we got in store for the next segment, bud? It's the most important position in sports. We'll get to that momentarily, but let you know that you are Lincoln Kennedy in for the married man, Brian No, and I love having you here. And bottom of the hour, that would be 8.30 Eastern. Zach Braziller from the New York Post will join us. He's their college basketball guru. So we'll talk about that on Selection Sunday, and I know you're not going to watch it. So, you know, you could close your ears if you want to. You just find out tomorrow. Okay. Get, right, your, get, get your bracket tomorrow and get it going. But getting back to sports and the most important positions in sports, and no particular order, all right? I would say... Offensive line? No, 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 no. All sports. All sports. Okay, go ahead. Offensive line. Offensive line. Okay, go ahead. No, no. Now you can take up. I I got my one in. Offensive line. Okay, I'd say uh, the goalkeeper in soccer and hockey. Goalkeeper in soccer and hockey. Okay, I guess that that can be important. Okay, you're up. (laughs) Um, I would say... Let's see. um, A striker or a center in soccer and hockey. In hockey. Possibly. I'll say. Uh, you got to have a score. You can't I'll, win I'll take that and, and I'll up you and I'll say a pitcher in baseball. Okay. I will see you and I will say <laughs> a known closer in baseball. A good closer in baseball. Good one. I like that. I will take that and up you and say point guard in basketball. I would take that and say a valuable big man in the middle in basketball. Very good. Okay, I'll take that and up you, and I think this is the creme de la creme. The quarterback in football, none better, no more important than that. Agreed? Wouldn't be anything without that offensive line, so we go back full circle. Hey! All right, okay. Okay, but look, you, you can't, when you look at the teams in the NFL right now, I mean, Arizona, and you live out in that area, they don't even have a quarterback on their roster. Why? Because their do? offensive line was horrible. They got killed. <laughs> I, there's no doubt about that. I, the I offensive line got Carson Palmer in the retirement. That's I know. why. It's sad. It really is sad what that guy has gone through. It really is. He could have been something, but who knows? But they don't have a quarterback on their roster right now. But quarterbacks right now, and you don't win without one. This year's draft has four to choose from, maybe even in the first round. Stan Donald from USC, Josh Allen, Wyoming, Josh Rosen, UCLA, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma. Look, you're a general manager, Lincoln Kennedy. Your choice and why? If I'm using a franchise, I'm using one of those picks on a franchise quarterback, I'm going with Sam Darnold. I think uh-huh. Josh Rosen ha- is capable of making all the throws, but I like Darnold's mobility and they're able to throw in the move. And I think they're they're comparable in the intangibles. I, I think Darnold is more pro-ready right now than the other quarterbacks because of his inability to move, uh, his ability to move. Um, and I, 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 like his, I like his mobility for the fact that Offensive line had offensive line play has fallen off in the last couple of years, so unless I'm Dallas and at times Oakland and other teams that have got a strong offensive line, if I feel that my quarterback is going to have to move, run for his life or have to be a mobile style quarterback, I want somebody who can throw in the run and make those throws. So I'm gonna go with Darnold. And I certainly respect your opinion. You got the eye for football. You played the game. You've been there, done that. But at the recent combine. Baker Mayfield, the kid out of Oklahoma who won the Heisman Trophy, he said he was the best quarterback in the draft. Now, is that cocky? Is it confident? If you're a general manager and you see that and hear that and read that, you say, I don't want a kid that says stuff like that. Or does that turn you on saying, hey, look, 
I want a guy who not only says that, that he's the best in the draft, he says that he could handle the pressure and the spotlight in New York City if, in fact, the Jets or Giants draft him. Remember, the Giants have the second pick, the Jets have the sixth pick. You know, maybe that's something you would say, I, I want this guy. Maybe he could Absolutely. do it. Without a doubt. You want that arrogance. You want that swagger out of your quarterback. You don't want anybody timid because he's got to be able to control the locker room. He's going to be your most – a quarterback is the most charismatic person on the team because he's the one the NFL wants to focus on. He's the face you don't of the have team. A lot of, yeah, he's the face of the team. You don't have a lot of teams – you don't have a lot of teams out there that are focusing on you know, a running back or, or – I mean, it happens, but it's not often. They want to focus on the quarterback. The quarterbacks get the commercials. So you want that arrogance. You want that swagger. It's not cockiness. You want that confidence because I want I – want, I don't want a feeble mind to come into the city of New York and think that he's going to be able to control that media. I right. want somebody who says, you know what, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it done. This is what I do. This is what I've done. Look at my record. I'm ready for the challenge. Let's go. Okay, so we both agreed that we like the cockiness and the confidence. We put them all mm-hmm. rolling into one. However, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield has some questions, and he's got some uh, stuff in his closet and his character. That's it. Back in February of 2017, he was arrested. Public intoxication, disorderly conduct. Then, if you remember this past fall, he planted an Oklahoma flag on the 50-yard line at Ohio Stadium when they beat Ohio State in that game. And then he made a lewd gesture toward the Kansas sideline during a win. Is it fair to say all these are negatives and I'm not going to draft them because of that? Is it fair to even compare him to the lunatic Johnny Manziel? No, it's not fair to compare him to the lunatic Johnny Manziel. But, you know, Johnny made the mistakes. There's no doubt about it. But I had a chance to sit down and talk with Baker Mayfield at at an event uh, early in January. I think he's a great kid. And and I can definitely see him fitting in 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 a Jet uniform. Uh, The only drawback is his overall size. He's not a big guy. And right. and you're going to have to facilitate a system much like they had, uh, or they used that Sean Payton has used with Drew Brees, in order to get the most out of him because it's going to be difficult for him because he's not that big a guy. But I think he's got a heart of a lion. I think he'd be a great addition. I think he'll be, um, a, a, you know, a future franchise quarterback, and he should get the chance to do it. You know, it's funny. You, you, I'm glad you mentioned you had a chance to speak with him. I never met the guy. However, mm-hmm. when I watched the Heisman presentation show on TV, his speech was gut wrenching. His speech was a tearjerker, and yeah. I and I, I turned my whole my whole my whole opinion about him around because I thought he was a jerk when he did that flag thing, you know, in in, in Columbus, Ohio, after they mm-hmm. beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? He's a kid. It's emotion. Okay, but when he gave that speech. It was heartwarming. It really was. Was it phony? I don't think so. I think he's a pretty good kid. And you talk about the height situation. They say he's six feet, five eighth inches, okay? And he addressed that. He said height doesn't matter. And he compared no. himself to Tyrod Taylor, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. He used them as comparisons. I think that's wonderful because he's done his homework. He's ready. He's ready for the onslaught because if he gets drafted by the Jets or Giants in New York, these are the questions that are going to be thrown at him. Either he's really on the ball or he's got some good handlers around him. Yeah, well, that's that's going to be the thing. His development, his coaching staff that you surround him with. Um, but I, but if you put, look at his game film and his timeout without Oklahoma, put in situations where they needed a big player first down, he was able to generate it. And that's why he was a Heisman Trophy finalist until he finally won it. You see what I mean? Because he was that good of a quarterback. He wasn't always a stellar standout because we had other ones, but this past season he was. And I, I think he definitely deserves a chance. I hope he gets it. I really do. And he That's said, right. and, and, and this is the, uh, the bottom line of the whole deal that ties the ribbon together with Baker Mayfield for me. He said he won't settle for a backup job. He said if the Giants draft him, he wants to take the starting job from Eli Manning. Now, that may tick off a lot of people and fans of Eli Manning in New York City, although maybe not because Eli has really been going downhill the last several years. But to me, that, that's a winner. 
That's a winner. Well, of course to it me. is. I mean, look at it. You know, people sit there and write it off as arrogance or something like that or conceitance. The, the fact is, is that you want somebody to come in and want them to be hungry. You want them to try to, and uh, you know, put their their stamp, if you will, on the team and, and and their opportunity, take advantage of their opportunity. You don't want somebody docile and demure playing quarterback. Well, I'll just wait for Eli to step down and and I'll make the best of my chance. No, I want a challenge. I want a chance to, to compete for a starting spot. I, I want that out of my quarterback. That's the set, that's what I said. I want that swagger. I want that confidence. Did you have that when you were drafted? Did you say I want to be starting when I got drafted? My when I when I got drafted, my I told every scout and people that I talked to, general manager, I said, look, I'd like to be the first offensive lineman taken. That was my dream. I was the second. Uh, Willie Ruff went first, one pick ahead of me to New Orleans, uh, and I went to number nine in Atlanta. But you know, ever at that point, I was never looking over my shoulder when a team would draft. You know, an offensive tackle, I never looked over my shoulder because I was confident in my ability. And I stayed hungry. And you're still hungry. And I tell you what, if you're hungry, hungry if you're hungry, you got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's Woo! a whole new way to crave wings, really. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Hooters, that's if you're hungry. That's where you go. Lincoln Kennedy, Andy Furman right here, Fox Sports Sunday. March Madness is here. And you're going to hear from college basketball's best next. But first, got to go to our guy Ralph Urban for the latest. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. And Saturday night, there was five games going on in the NBA. Russell Westbrook had 21 points, leading six Thunder players in double figures. They beat San Antonio 104-94. Charlotte a 122-115 win over Phoenix. Dwight Howard had 30 points, 12 rebounds. Eight Miami Heat players in double figures. They outscored Washington 129-102. Dallas hammered Memphis 114-80. When the Clippers got 25 points from Lou Williams, they beat Orlando 113-105. L.A. now a half game up on Denver for the final spot in the Western Conference. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience teams earning their automatic berths into the ncaa tournament by winning the conference championships include virginia in the acc villanova in the big east kansas the winner in the big 12 while arizona won the pac-12 san diego state took the mountain west marshall conference usa buffalo wins the mac new mexico state wins the WAC. cal state fullerton wins the Big West. Richard Sherman agreeing to a three-year deal. He's going to the San Francisco 49ers. And yes, that countdown clock is back, Andy. Tiger Woods, one shot back, in, headed into the final round at the Valspar Championship. Players are already on the course. But we're looking at oh, <laughs> him teeing off in about we'll say five hours and 20 minutes. Thank you. Thank you very much. As always, excellent work. Zach Brazilla coming right up from the New York Post. He's Lincoln Kennedy. I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Welcome, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Now to the Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. Zach Brazilla, the college basketball guru for the New York Post with Lincoln Kennedy and Andy Furman. Good morning, Zach. I know it's been a long day, a long night for you. Thank you for joining us right here on Fox Sports Radio. How are you? Good. How are you guys? 
We're doing great. Now, if we, in fact, agree that Duke is the most talented team in the field this year and the hottest team in the country, got to be, I guess, Michigan after sweeping the Big Ten championship, I got the question for you. How does this 12- to 13-day layoff affect the Big Ten teams? Because it was crazy what they did. They had their tournament a week before everybody else's. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be as big of an impact as people think because when you look, you know, the Big Ten's going to get going to get four teams, and three of those teams, Michigan, uh, Michigan, San Purdue, I, I, you know, should get relatively easy games. They're going to be two or three seeds, so they'll kind of get like a practice game, like a warm-up game to prepare. The one team I think it could affect is Ohio State because they're probably looking at more of a, a five or a six seed where they're going to have a tough first-round game. And, and that that could be an issue. I mean, it's look, it's a big it's a big delay. I mean, it's it's a tough adjustment. You know, these teams aren't used to used to this. Um, but you know, the Michigan coach on Beeline is he's he's dealt with this before. He's coached at the mid major level, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I do think though, Ohio State would be the one team I would worry about if you know if I was a Big Ten uh, fan or you know someone in that league. Zach, speaking of the Big Ten, do you think Nebraska should get in? No, I don't. Um, you know, if you, if you look at their body of work, they just don't have the the resume. Uh, they don't have the quality of wins. They don't have the RPI. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see them getting in. I don't see Penn State getting in. I think the Big Ten's going to get four. Um, it, it was a down year for the league. It was very top heavy. Uh, you know, you saw that in the tournament where you know Nebraska, look, they they had to play better than, against Michigan. Michigan absolutely manhandled them. Um, I I just I'd be shocked if they're in. He's Zach Brazilla from the New York Post with Lincoln Kennedy. I'm Andy Furman. Let's talk about Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. They've played 15 games without their star, Bonzi Colson, this year. Will the committee take that into consideration? Because Notre Dame, for sure, is right on the bubble. Yeah, I I, I think they'll definitely uh, get consideration. Um, I, 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 I still don't think they're going to get in, though. Um, I don't think they did enough, you know, since Colson's been back. You know, they had a great comeback in Virginia Tech. That was really the only big win of note. And, and if you look at early in the year when they were home, they had some bad losses. Uh, they lost to Ball State. They lost to Indiana. Uh, I, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll you know, I, I think they're going to fall short. You know, Zach, Andy, and I have fallen in the same rut that many people do. We only talk about the big schools, and, 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 and this, because of the tournament, the way it is, you have a lot of smaller schools, lesser-known schools who can possibly make a run. So, you know, when people are looking at their bracket, who are some of those teams that might not necessarily be mainstream or talked about quite often that could probably make some, make a make a run in this thing? You know, um, there, there are a few mid-major schools I really like. Um, you, you can look at Buffalo. Uh, they're a big-time offensive Big time offensive team. They're going to be probably a 12 seed. They're going to be a very popular pick in the first round. You know, this is a, this other team isn't a surprise. They're always good. I think Gonzaga's got a really good chance to get back to the Final Four. There, you know, they did lose some guys from last year, but this is a team that's soaring at the right time. They have a few starters back from last year's team. They shoot the ball great. They're so well coached. You know, they, they're. They're, they're a team I could really see getting to San Antonio. Interesting. Zach Brazilla from the New York Post. We'll talk about Xavier University. They win the regular season Big East title. Then they blow a 17-point lead to Providence in the semifinals of the Big East tournament. How will that loss hurt their final seeding if it does at all? 
I don't I don't see it making an impact. Uh, I think the only chance they, they they had to not to lose out on a one was the two for the ACC. You know, I still think they'll be the one seed. I think they'll be the fourth one seed. Um, you know, and, and losing in your conference tournament isn't always the worst thing in the world. Two years ago, Villanova lost the Big East title game. They won. They ended up winning it all. Uh, sometimes it, it it works as a motivational thing. It, sometimes it it just you know refocuses a team. I I don't think it see it be, being a big issue, um, and, and I expect them to be a one seed. You know, when you talk about one seeds, I'm, I'm focusing on Virginia, but the biggest knock on them is that, yes, they play great defense, but sometimes they, they, it seems like they struggle to score. Uh, is this a Final Four team, in your opinion? Um, yeah, they, I think this is a better team offensively than they've been. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, have, they have more scores than they've typically had. Um, but, you know, in the same, in the same way, they, they got to get there. You know, it's people who, who, doubt, who doubt them, they all have every right to because this is a team that's that's had these great seasons and they've fallen short. You know, kind of like Villanova two years ago, where every year people said, you know, you can trust them. They got to do it. They got to get over that hump. I mean, this this has to be the year. I think. I mean, they're going to be the number one overall seed. They had a, just a phenomenal season. They, you know, they won the ACC, which was absolutely loaded. Um, you know. I, I, I could see it both ways. I, this team, they still have times when you kind of, they have issues, and, and there's going to be some tense moments, I think. But I do think this could be the year they finally break through. Zach, I want to move aside from Selection Sunday for just a second. I want to talk about the Pitt Panthers, believe it or not. They go winless in the ACC. Do you see Rick Pitino being hired as their savior? Um, I don't know if they're going to go that route. I've heard Georgia as a potential possibility for, for, for Rick. Um, you know, I, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for him. I just I don't know if that school is going to go there. Um, you know, there's just so many issues with Tatino. Um, I know he's willing to, you know, open up his phone and, and, you know, and basically, you know, be an open book for these schools. And he obviously wants to get back into coaching. Um, I, I just, I'm just not... I'm not, I have not heard that Pitt, that Pitt will will really consider that. Um, but look, they they need to do something drastic. I mean, that program they've completely bottomed out. Um, you know, so it, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world. I, I just I'm not quite sure I see it happening. Last one for me, Zach. What do you think of Oklahoma? Their chances of getting in? I mean, there's one of these bubble teams that you can make an argument either way. How do you feel? I think Oklahoma's got to be in. I, I mean, yeah, I know they've they've really slumped. Um, they well, they come in, you know, they lost eight of ten. But you know, the committee has said that there isn't a recency bias anymore. It's the complete body of work. How how you play in February is just as important as how you play in November and December. You know, it would be said to me to be saying a bad message, and and, and it would also be kind of um, flipping back on what they said, where it's. You know, they, they don't look, they look at everything you've done. So to me, if you look at everything you've done and you look at the wins they've had, to me, they have to be it. Zach Brazilla for the New York Post. I got to ask you this. What surprises can we expect from Selection Sunday today? Um, you know, I, 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 I think the bubble teams are going to be very interesting. I mean, you gotta watch. You gotta look at the Atlantic Ten championship game today. Um, if Davidson wins, they're gonna steal a bye. 
um, I think you're going to get more of these high major bubble teams in than people expect. I think you're going to see no Middle Tennessee State. I think you're going to see no St. Mary's. Um, I think people are going to be a little upset that the bubble teams got the short end of the stick. Um, I just, if you look at these resumes and you look at the quality wins, I, you know, I can see a Syracuse getting in. I can see a Louisville getting in. Um, Oklahoma, I think, is going to get in. I, I think a lot of these high major teams on the bubble are going to be pretty happy today. Interesting. I tell you what, we're pretty happy having you with us. I appreciate it. I know you've had some long days the last couple of days. So, Zach Brazilla, rest up with the New York Post. Get him at thenewyorkpost.com. He knows everything you want to know about college basketball. Thank you, Zach. Have a good day. No problem, guys. Have a good one. He's a good man. He really is. Lincoln Kennedy, Andy Furman, and of course, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I think, let me check with my producer and our producer, Robert Donzati, uh, do we still have that guy, Eddie, on the phone? We could tell him to hold on. He's been holding on since yesterday. We do. We do have him Okay, on tell phone. Eddie to stay there because I apologize. I just missed it. We're going to get him and everybody else. So if you want to, you could tweet us at LKennedy72, at Andy Furman FSR, or 877-99 on Fox like Big Eddie, 877-996-6369. Now, it may be creative, but it won't work. That's next. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to, go to guy, Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. You like that? I hey. love it, and I All love right. you. That's hey. what I love. Yes. That's Lincoln Kennedy. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, we're brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. Link, it's been a pleasure. But before we get rolling on something more important than mutual admiration, we got a phone call from Eddie. Eddie, you're oh. on with Lincoln Kennedy and Andy Furman on Fox Sports Radio. Sorry for the wait, Ed. How are you? Hey, Seth. How are you? Oh, my guy, Eddie from Florida, Eddie Birch. This guy went to my high school. I can't believe it. Oh, man. Are you listening on Sirius XM? Yes, I am. Well, say hello to Lincoln Kennedy, will you please? Hi, Lincoln. How are you? Eddie. I tell you, Eddie was the man. All right. Eddie was the man. Andy, we're going to have lunch on Friday? I'm not going to be there. I'm not making it down to Florida. I'll, I'll do it. I will see you in December for that big basketball Luncheon. I'll be there with the big arms. All right. All right, my yeah, man. Thank, the, you for, the, thank you for calling. The, wait, wait, wait. Don't hang oh. up. You in, my, you in my pool? I'll get in the pool. Yes, I'll do it tonight. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. And you and you send me a tape of this call? I will do everything you want. Whatever you want, go away already. Stop. Oh, my goodness. All right, I can't bye. believe it. I love you. Thank you. Bye. Can you believe You don't know who's going to call on these shows. I went to high school with me. It's unbelievable. Oh, you took a personal call in the air. That's funny. I had no idea it was him. <laughs> unbelievable. By hey, the way, Andy, my... you want me in the pool? Are we meeting up for lunch? What are you doing oh, today? Can you believe it? <laughs> Guy lives in Florida. How can I meet him for lunch? It's unreal. <laughs> but, Michael send me Harmon a tape and... of this phone call. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do that. We could get it on the uh, podcast. Michael Harmon and Dan Byer follow us at the top of the hour. That will be 9 o'clock Eastern. Get him on the iHeart app. There are many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. Also, Sirius XM Channel 83. Now, we move on to some serious stuff. Like, <laughs> can you believe that? I, I'm shocked. 
I'm shot. I, I had no idea who that was. It's Larry. Oh, we can't voice. make this up, but it's funny because it's true. It's just. Yeah, I, I know. Truth is strange in a fiction. But <laughs> got to talk a little bit NBA, just a little NBA today. Two major topics in the NBA, as always. James Harden is the MVP. And, of course, the real MVP, the king, LeBron James. And where he's going to work next season as he can opt out of his contract after this year. But get this link. This guy named Jacob Emrony a personal injury attorney, longtime Lakers season ticket holder. He's the latest guy to put up billboards with messages to hopefully sway LeBron James to the Lakers. It's never going to happen. He's not going to leave, but I give this guy some credit, but he's spending some bucks for putting up billboards in L.A. for that. It's crazy. You know, this is one of the, the most over-talked subjects in sports, where <laughs> LeBron's know. going like. Every know. year we have to deal with this crap. I just wish LeBron would lay it all to rest and say that he's staying in Cleveland. I, I mean, here's the thing. I've always felt, it, you're the best player in the world. Why do you need to ride on anybody's coattail? Why do you need to go anywhere? Why can't you just stay there? Why can't you recruit people? You have a lot better chance of recruiting guys with players that want to come play with you in Cleveland than, say, you do in, in San Antonio. No offense, but it's true. It is true. You know true. what I mean? And so so the fact that everyone may, wants to make a stink, but they want to talk about you know who should be tampering. Out to, now you got fans who are just putting up billboards trying to invite it's the guy crazy. over. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, I mean, there are so many other subjects. There are so many other stories you should talk about, but it's like, hey, where's the Bronco? Where's the Bronco? Where's the Bronco? I'm so tired of it. You know what? It's funny you mention that because when the Miami Heat was assembled, I, I guess he was attracted to go to Miami. And they won the NBA title. How come no one's rushing to want to play with LeBron? I never thought of that. I guess they felt like he's the greatest. He is the greatest player maybe to ever play the game. He's the greatest right now. It ultimately becomes a distraction now. Yeah, because it of what he, does. because it, it's it's a distraction in your locker room, and and now you're. Can you imagine, like a Kyrie Irving, if you're a young player that wants to be able to showcase your talents, you can't because you're living in shadow of LeBron James. And the more importantly, it doesn't matter where he goes. Really, it doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to be the focus of everybody there. Why they're winning or why they're not succeeding, it's going to be the focus. And he's got coaches fired. He's got administrations changed. He's done all this other stuff. He's made spectacles about everything, everywhere he's gone and everything he does is always put on the platform. It's a huge distraction. Right. And, and he could stop that distraction. Like you said, just go out and say, look, I went to Cleveland. I'm in Cleveland. I'm from Akron area, right near Cleveland. I'm staying here. First of all, it's never going to happen. I'll tell you no. why. It's going to hurt his legacy if he leaves again. Because he left Miami and returned to Cleveland, and they won, and that was a big deal. If they should never, ever win again, at least they won when he came back. Next, why would he go to the West? The East is such an easier way to get to the finals than the West. Why battle? I mean, really and truly, the, the East is a lot easier than the West, although the East is getting a little tougher with Boston and Toronto right now, and you can maybe throw Washington in there. But right now, Cleveland's going to dominate, and they'll be in the finals. you got the West, you got Golden State, San Antonio's kind of dying a little bit, Oklahoma City. you got some tough teams out there in the West, and why battle, right? Well, I agree with these. you the scenario with the West, but the thing is, I don't think Cleveland's a final ba- finals-bound team right now. I think they have to learn how to play together. Yes, they've got the best player in the world, but we also seen at times where you know you have to. LeBron can only take over so much. He's played in more finals than than anybody I can really remember, right? So well, I mean, he, you, yeah. look how much basketball he's played year in the year. Out. He's got it's got to take away. He's got to he's going to need a team to help him out. Right, and he's got the team right now. They made some moves several weeks ago, and I I, I think you're going to see 
the team gelling together. I, I think they're a lot better than they were. But as long as you have him as the backbone, I think they'll be in great shape. They will get out of the East. And by the way, I do want to thank you for joining me this morning. I love you to death. We, I love being up on you, Card. I love being mm-hmm. up on you, bud. And hopefully you'll be back next See Sunday. Ya. See ya. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at Play play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.